podcast. Joining me today, I have a very special guest. She is a 2023 Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend Dopey Challenge finisher, a budding run Disney expert, Natalie Boyle. Natalie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. How are you? I am just great. Uh, Can't complain. I wrote down that opening. I'm going to give everybody a little inside baseball. I wrote down that that opening and I wrote 2022, not 2023, because we're in January and uh, I'm still writing 2022 when I do dates for things at work and such. <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway, Natalie, uh, you recently ran the uh, Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend and you did the Dopey Challenge which we will get into soon. But I just want you to sort of uh, give us a little background of your, your running background and um, what when, when did you start running uh, for distance like this? And uh, at what made you go into uh, or, or go into what made you sign up and run run Disney races? Sure. So a little bit of background about me is I – most of my life has not confessed myself to be a runner. Uh, my specialty sport really was swimming, which I did uh, during high school, except for one year. I took one year off to do cross country. I was fine with the running part, but I still felt my calling back in, in the pool. So I returned to swimming after that year. And I really didn't pick up running again until Run Disney came into my life, where I would maybe run every so often in college, but it wasn't something where I was like going on like a three mile run by myself. Um, the reason I got back into it was because in 2019, my cousin Marissa had said that she was signed up for a 10K down at Walt Disney World that was princess themed. And my mom and I were both like, wow, that sounds awesome. Where do we get to get on that? And we got ourselves charity bibs for the 2020 Princess 10K, and that really kind of jump-started me running in my adult life because I, again, I was more of a pool girl myself, so um, swimming and water polo, and I was a lifeguard too, so I really, really was an aquatic creature, and I, after running the 2020 Princess 10K, I knew that I wanted to do more and I knew that I wanted to do different races and I wanted all the bling of a challenge. I wanted, uh, I just wanted, I wanted to do that. I soon after that signed up for my first half marathon at wine and dine in 2020. And we all know how that occurred given that it was in November, 2020 got canceled. But let me just pause you for a second. The, the race you did run the princess, you said, when was that in 2020? I think February 21st or 22nd of 2020. So, so it was February. Okay. Right before mm. everything caught on fire. Yeah. Okay. So, but you weren't able to run that 2019 race that Marissa was running. Oh, so context for that is uh, registration occurs about eight to nine months before. And we ran, we all ran in 2020 together. It was just. Okay of 2019 where I think I was on my way to the airport when Marissa had told me that she was going to do this and I my mom was driving me to the airport and we were like wow that sounds like a lot of fun 
So that's kind of where that butted. But we all ran the same race together. Gotcha. And could you just um, explain what a charity bib is? Sure. So and a lot of there are different sponsored charities for run Disney races and they have bibs associated with them that uh, you with you raise a certain amount of money, you get a bib through the organization. And oftentimes run Disney races sell out nice and quickly. So sometimes if you don't already get a bib through regular registration, a charity bib is a great option. Uh, I ran, my mom and I both ran for the American Cancer Society um, for that race. So How much did you have to raise? Do you remember? It was a thousand each. And so then you don't have to pay for the bib, right? I'm that guessing. includes your race registration fee. Uh, for some charities, it's a lower amount, but then you pay the cost of it. It's all really, I don't gotcha. want to say the same, but in this, in a certain case, you know, that 200 something dollars that my bib would have been, or I think for a 10K, it's a little less, uh, was included within the that fee. That's nice. So, so in theory, you could have ran it, maybe you did, you could have ran it for free because you raised all $1,000, assuming you didn't put any of your own money into that. Definitely in theory, um, in practicality, <laughs> I have a lot more of the tools, I think, to more effectively fundraise, but I was a little bit um, shy, let's just say that, about uh, reaching out to people, and I was definitely very, very grateful for the donations that I did get um, gotcha. friends and family, but in theory, uh, and there's a lot of people who do successfully fundraise the full amount for full weekends, um, but... I wasn't quite one of them. <laughs> gotcha. No, I mean, that that's good to know because, uh, and we'll talk about price soon. Um, these races are, are not cheap. And, and I, I, I'm unsure. Um, I don't know if you want to get into this, but I'm unsure if Disney donates anything from the proceeds of these races to any charity uh, because in normal in the normal world, <laughs> a lot of times you'll have you know you'll have like a 5K in town or something, and it's usually put on by some kind of organization to raise money for said organization. Um, it might not be a 5K, 10K, it could be a, could be a marathon, I guess. But um, you know after like every, after like everybody's paid off to like close the roads for three hours for these races, the extra money is is for whatever charity. But Disney. I don't think does that. I think maybe they do. I've never been able to figure out if they actually are taking some or all of the proceeds from these races and donating them. Um, that's a good question. I couldn't tell, break down like what percentage actually gets donated, but there is a sponsored charity of each race for marathon weekend. It was the leukemia and lymphoma society for springtime surprise last year. It was make a wish. Um, I think Children's Miracle Network Hospitals has been for Princess before. So okay. they do have a sponsored charity. They do work with them, and some portion of these proceeds do go there. Could I tell you how much? No. Um, I probably could get into some. Uh, Actually, if anybody would, it would be you, because Natalie is a um, CPA, right? I am. <laughs> so if anybody could know how the accounting works, it's you. I'm kidding. Um, I'm not kidding about the CPA thing. Uh, but anyway, um, all right. So so 2020, you ran 
springtime, which was February 2020. And then you were supposed to run in the fall of 2020, but that got canceled. Yes. So then when was your next race after that? My next race was Princess Weekend 2022. I had registered for various race weekends throughout the 2020-2021 season, but they all got canceled for COVID. Gotcha. And I was registered for varying distances. So for Wine and Dine, it was just the half which is only at run disney do you say something like just the half marathon (laughs) uh for marathon weekend it was a 5k and 10k for princess it was the princess challenge which was a 10k and half for star wars i think i did the 5k and the half so no challenge there but i uh all of those got canceled so i my first race back to run disney was princess in 2022 and these challenges you're talking about are when you run mul- more than one race um, in a weekend, and uh, it it basically um, means you've run. I don't know to 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 dumb it down. It means you've run multiple races, but but on the other side, the good part is they give you a um, you get an extra medal for it because you've completed like a as you as they call it a challenge. Yes. So it's like a packaged deal. So you have to register for a bib that is a challenge. Um, most of the cha- – well, I guess two out of the four weekends have a 10K plus half challenge. Um, that's for both Wine and Dine and Princess. It's you know the two-course challenge for Wine and Dine, and it's the uh, fairy tale challenge for Princess Weekend. Okay. Both Marathon Weekend and – Springtime surprise weekend is where things get a little different with their challenges where (laughs) for springtime surprise, which I did last year for its inaugural year was the 5k, the 10k and the 10 miler. So it's a 19.3 mile challenge. Um, But the uh, topic of tonight being the dopey challenge, which is the 5k, the 10k, the half, and the full marathon. And I will do the math for you as your resident <laughs> CPA for a 48.6-mile challenge. 48.6 miles in four – collectively in four days. That's – I mean, people – I don't – people don't do that for commutes in a car <laughs> for, for four days. It's very impressive. I'll, like, put on the New York Marathon – when it's on TV here, I won't watch the whole thing because it's long, but I'll watch, you know, a little bit of it. And it just seeing how many, how long these people are running is, is just, it's just amazing. And you did it. And then you ran a half before that. And then a 10K before that you, and the five before that. So, I mean, it's, it's incredible. So I just, I mean, congratulations are in order for you for completing that. But before you completed it, you actually had to sign up. So you want to just go over the, the sign up process, how that works. If you remember, I'm sure you do, how much it costs, uh, what kind of like things you have to provide when you're signing up. Sure. I'm going to lead you to what made me sign up for Dopey this year, though, because I think yeah. that's an interesting thing in my running arc, because about 10 to 12-ish days before signups for Dopey, I was in the middle, not even the middle, the first two miles of the springtime surprise 10 miler going, you know, I was near the Ratatouille bathrooms in Epcot. You were, you I, were running, you're talking about you were running a race. 
Yes. And I, I wasn't oh. standing up at this point, but I went oh, I was taking an ibuprofen. <laughs> I had very, uh, I had a little bit of twinge of pain in my legs and I went, I don't know how people do dopey. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and what did I do? <laughs> like two weeks later. That's funny. I decided to do it. Um, I knew that I wanted to do my first marathon, uh, during in 2023 and then who I was supposed to travel with was going to do the 5k and 10k so I went okay if I'm going to do the 5k the 10k and the marathon how mad at myself am I going to be if I don't you know square the circle and sign up for Dopey and add the that last race add the half yeah yeah and I decided that um you know, go big or go home. Cause then also with it being my first marathon, I was afraid that I would hate the process of training for a marathon because, um, my older brother had run Chicago in 2013 and he is a very avid runner, like runs for fun every single day, just loves to do it. And he said, you know, I have absolutely no desire to ever run a marathon again. So I knew that <laughs> I knew that the process for a lot of people, I mean, it's a lot. And I got through the training for the princess half and then, but I wasn't exactly super faithful to the training plan. I kind of just winged it. And I knew that a marathon was something you can't just like wing. So I went, you know, if it's, this is going to be my only marathon, then I want to go big or go home. I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do it as part of dopey because it'll also, you know, light a fire under me to make sure that I'm getting everything I can out of the experience. So that was kind of my mindset going into it. And I knew that this was an anniversary year. Uh, this was the 10 year anniversary of Dopey. It was also the 30 year anniversary of Marathon Weekend. Because Marathon Weekend is where Run Disney started. Uh, with its first marathon in 93. 30, 30 years. Wow, that's, um, that's crazy. I, I, we, we were down there. Um, Yes, yeah, it was Marathon Weekend. I know it was because that's when we would travel. We were down there. This is like 2007, and uh, I was in high school. And I remember we we stayed off property, so we drove in. And I remember seeing the cones out and the portajons, and whether I, I think we saw runners. I think we did. Uh, and I just. Remember, you know what? Like, the problem with these things is they all blend together. I'm pretty sure we saw runners, and I just remember thinking, like, what the heck is going on here? Like, <laughs> what are all these like people? Why are they doing this? And then not, you know, and now like doing the show and and getting into all of the weeds of all of this Disney stuff, you know, you find out that well that you know that was marathon weekend and it's a big thing back then it was a big thing and now it's you know probably like triple in size <laughs> at this point. It takes over the the whole resort for like a week, so. You probably picked the best time to start, you know, an anniversary, like you said, 30th anniversary, a 10th anniversary for Dopey. That's, um, if you're going to start, might as well do it then. Yeah, I definitely was excited because it also had a 90s theme to it. So that wasn't necessarily the biggest draw, even though I found it, I found it hilariously fun <laughs> to be yeah. for, I was born in the 90s. So did find it very fun, but that was a huge draw. So this all, all, all plays into... Uh, some of the quirks of registration this year. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so the sign-up process uh, for a Run Disney race is that there um, is a Tuesday 
usually that it opens and they let you they let you know it opens at 10 a.m eastern time and if you're kind of in the in the know about it usually it's a multiple browser situation you want to have a couple different options going uh, if you've got multiple screens now is the time to use them and uh, you so want to open up so you're opening up multiple windows to try to sign up on the website Yes. Um, kind I of like dining, <laughs> or at least we used to do with dining. Maybe it's not so bad now, but yeah, depending upon you're, what you're restaurant you're looking for. <laughs> moonlight magic sometimes it can be <laughs> like, uh, anything where, you know, you got multiple people trying for that virtual queue in the morning. Kind of like that. Um, I think I had I had my, my personal laptop, my work laptop, my mom's lap or my mom's personal laptop down here, I think I opened one on my phone and I had several browsers going on each of them because that's just sometimes what you gotta do. Um, this also being, you know, one of the first, it wasn't the first year after COVID, it was the second. So um, a lot of people weren't ready to come back in 22 to bigger events. So I think yeah. that kind of played into the demand because we crashed the website by 9.52 a.m. before it even opened. Before it opened. <laughs> before it opened. Wow. Uh, there was, because uh, you, the links will go live around like 9.45. I'm going to try to keep this all in Eastern time so it makes sense, even though I was in Central time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the links will go live around like 9.45. But what they say is that that just places you into a random queue until 10 a.m. So sometimes, uh, you know, I'll click your first browser that you click to open won't necessarily be the first that goes. Until the queue opens at 10, then it is in sequential order. And I have found that to be relatively true, although most times, because now after this kind of fiasco, I have uh, started writing down like when I open each browser, I have sticky notes all over my laptop <laughs> and different browsers that I have of like uh, Safari at, at opened at 854 <laughs> or uh, Google Chrome on a gaming PC opened at 859 <laughs> uh, because I just keep, I keep track of that. Yeah. And uh, we crashed the website. It was a good, it was a couple of hours before it came back online and we were getting updates, I think by like 1030. I remember there were updates from run Disney saying like there were working on it. And uh, the groups were, the, all the Facebook groups were blazing. <laughs> and it was kind of funny because, like, like, me watching my nine different browsers I have open in, like, one little area, knowing I'm part of the problem here. But also, <laughs> I knew that I was going for it. But everybody else, but everybody else is doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all, I like to go, like, oh, am I the drama? I'm like, yes, I am the drama. Cause well, this what are they going to do? Like, I mean, they can't, they can't make people do one browser. They, they can't, unless if they were, like, government. Yeah. Or right. Google. They can't. <laughs> right. Um, you know, we got your incognito window on a different thing too. And yeah. um knowing that you're kind of part of the drama and you know, just watching the groups. I remember because I was on just like do not disturb on my laptop. I had blocked that off on for work. I had such a productive morning waiting for these because I was just watching one <laughs> and then I knew enough people who were also trying that like I was getting updates via text from other people. I had the most productive morning at work. Because I was just all I had, like, I knew that there were no updates. I think it was around 1230 Eastern time when we got the update where I think that's when it reopened. We got an update like 15, 20 minutes, I think, earlier saying that 
they had had everything fixed for like a 1230, like, like for the browsers to all go at 1230. Okay. And, um, I, which I was able to get in, I checked out because the person I was supposed to be traveling with, um, I got their five and 10 K bibs alone. And then I went back in because five K and 10 K, um, are usually pretty quick to go and quick to go is in quick to sell out. Quick to sell out. 5K yeah. usually first because there's a lot of people who do this. Like It's like a fun run. So it's a family run where I think you only have to be five to sign up for a 5K at Disney. Oh, so okay. people do it with their kids. And, um, now kids races are coming back for next season. So that'll be exciting for young ones, even littler than that. I think they have like a one mile. They have a diaper dash. Cute stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's it's supposed to be really, really cute. So <laughs> to watch like little babies like like – it's like a hundred meter diaper dash. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's funny. Okay. Uh, I've never seen it myself cause I've only been at one race weekend where it's been the case, but I've seen pictures and stuff and people talk very fondly about their diaper, the diaper hmm. dash. But, if you um, run, if you've run a diaper dash, please let us know in the comments or on the Facebook group. Appreciate it. Thank you. If you are a recovering diaper dash, please, <laughs> please let a girl know. Uh, cause it just looks really adorable. <laughs> But uh, 5Ks and 10Ks usually sell the quickest. Um, but for this year, for Marathon Weekend, everything sold within the hour, which Dopey being, you know, kind of a behemoth, Dopey will sell, but Dopey usually doesn't sell out in 30 minutes like it did this time. Hmm. Uh, marathon standalone also doesn't usually sell that quickly either. It did. Everything was sold within the hour, uh, which was a little bit, uh, which is a little unusual. Especially the Goofy Challenge, which is the oft-overlooked uh, brother to Dopey, because Goofy is if you do the half marathon and the full marathon together. Uh, so, you know, nice 39.3-mile challenge. Um, so when you sign up for Dopey, you you just click Dopey. You're, doing, you're clicking four different races. You're just clicking Yes. In order to, to be registered for – that's a good clarification. To be registered for a challenge, you have to, like, click the challenge. Oh, okay. Oh, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if there are anybody that do do not realize that, and they run all four separately, and they don't, you know, they 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 don't get the Dolby stuff. I think that I'm sure somebody has done that. Oh yeah, there are definitely people who do, but then there's definitely people who have will cobble together the bib, the bibs essentially. Um. Because of something like this, where if it sold out before you could get it, actually, I know a lot of people who this year, um, they cobbled together the bibs they could, or they got like a half and or they got like a 10K and they got the marathon. So what they did is then they supplemented the rest with virtual while they were waiting to see if, you know, things would open back up or okay. Um, some people that, you know, and then they, I mean, the people I knew ran around the resort, like at five in the morning as well just to hmm. kind of like you know that this that was their dopey which i find very admirable because uh i'm not sure <laughs> i think i might have still given myself the sleep in time yeah <laughs> uh, if, if if given the chance but then again i woke up at 115 for uh, a couple of the races by myself so um we'll get so, there so you so signing so okay so the other my other now question is you know, you're signing up for this Dopey Challenge. So you're signing up for four races as opposed to four individual signups. I'm assuming, I hope, 
you get a discount for doing Adobe, I, I would think. Well, no, because <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> you do get more swag out of it. So I actually haven't priced out. I think that it's it's not like ridiculously more than cobbling it together. I'd be curious to do the math on it, knowing kind of what I do about uh, Disney race prices. But it, it's hard because you, the pricing are, isn't um, public now, right? It's only public right before you can sign up for a race. You can, I mean, I'm sure you can research past races, I, I know, but like, but that doesn't matter. In the future, you you don't really know the right, you don't know the price of the next race until probably like a week before it, it's released, I would think, right? Um, Once they like post the website, usually it's up there because uh, that actually makes me think because it's not like it's not just like the week before you won't know the theme until right before but you will know at least the like prices of what you're looking for um a little bit further in advance okay now i'm I, yeah because that just made me curious if i could like look and see right now um no they still even for sold out races i'm looking at springtime surprise right now and even though that's sold out and i'm already registered for it and I can actually, I can even see Wine and Dine, which happened back in November of 22. I can see all the prices for Wine. Oh. oh. Um, and I remember what I paid for mine either way. So, okay. uh, but I, as far as like doing the math on, you know, what the price per, for Dopey versus the price, if I were to sign up for all of them individually would have been, I think it's, gotcha. it's not ridiculously more, but you do get six medals because you get all four races plus Goofy plus Dopey. If you finish yeah. um, six shirts, you get um, you get a little bit more for doing a challenge. Um, that kind of includes some of those additional items. Gotcha. And now All I have right. a dirty desire to like do the math. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. it's a it's a it's a um, uh, it's a. <sighs> accounting thing <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna get cut that because i don't know what i'm trying to say i was gonna say like it's a disease it's not a disease but it's a um <laughs> uh i don't know i'll i'll figure it out when i when i get to that point okay uh, i'm gonna get back uh all right so can you tell us how much the dopey was it was 660 dollars 660 all right so I mean, it's four races. It's like you said, the six medals. It's the T-shirts. It's the, um, it you know, it 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 it's not, and and it's the it's the safety of the you know the Disney experience. You know, so it's well we'll get to this like what you what actually happens on a race day, what they're giving you, so that you're not just like you know showing up to a parking lot on your own type thing. So they do take care of you for that much money. They take care of you. So that you're not so that you're going to be OK running the race, whether you're an experienced runner or, you know, you've never done this before. All right. I did math. And actually okay. is a little bit of a discount if you. OK, I'm not going to let's not go that far. But I did the math and I uh, it's 680 and I didn't even include like the inherent value of the extra thing for Goofy. It's 680 if you register for all of them individually. But Dopey 660. So it's all right. So you okay. save 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah, which I actually, I expected it to be the opposite way, like 20 bucks more. And I was like, okay, like for the extra metal, the extra shirts, the, okay. Interesting. I would, ho I I would hope it, 
at that point they would eat the cost of the extra meal. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Oh boy. <laughs> All right. So listen, it's um six hundred. It's a lot of money, or it's not a lot of money. I guess it depends on your point of view and how much you like to run. Um, but yeah, I actually. It's, just one thing about the standalone marathon, because I had lotteried for Chicago this year and then was thrilled that I didn't get picked because <laughs> um, I wasn't ready to run another one. Uh, when is that? Chicago is in the fall. So I think it's okay. the second Sunday in October. And okay. I had lotteried for it once I after my 17 miler where I was feeling really good. And then after my 20 miler in training, I wasn't I was feeling good about finishing it, but my body was like not the idea of going through this again so that was when that was the week that results came out and every time I saw somebody post they got in I'm like good for you I hope not for me (laughs) and I had that uh that answered uh but it was actually Chicago is a little bit more of a standalone race than Disney is which I found yes for the price just you know how much is a standalone um it was I think around 230 and then I had done like the add-on to be able to defer Walt Disney World is 218 so it's not like a ton more but I thought found it interesting that Chicago is a world major marathon so which is for all of us people that don't know what you're talking about <laughs> that's about all I don't know there's six world <laughs> majors um and uh, oh that's the one where they get the where you can run all six and you get like a big medal or something, right? Yes. I think um, New, York, New York City has to be in it. I New York say. City, Boston, Chicago, London, Berlin, and Tokyo are those. Oh my gosh. I didn't know it was like overseas like that. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. That's incredible for people. I mean, that, I mean that's a very amazing accomplishment. Having said that, man, you got to have a lot of a disposable income to be able to, and time to be able to do that. A lot of lotteries are very hard to get into. I mean, Chicago, I think it's pretty much a 50-50 shot. Um, I know that people try for London like six, seven years in a row and don't get in. Because Chicago somewhere, and I don't know much about the other world majors except for Boston. I know a lot about that because I know that one's not attainable for me because you have to be very fast. But you can run like a qualifying time and then like get a guaranteed entry if you're quick enough. For Boston, you're not running. You can maybe for charity, but you're not running unless you get a Boston qualifying time, which is huge deal. Amazing for people who get that. Um, uh, Disney is a course you can BQ on, um, which a lot of people actually will take advantage of. Not everybody, as we'll talk about, but what did you say? PQ? BQ, Boston qualify. Oh, okay. All right. So, so you're saying the time you can submit the time that you get in your Disney marathon to attempt to qualify for Boston marathon. Correct. That's what you're saying. Okay. It's a certified course where you could you if your time uh, is quick enough from there, it can be used to qualify you for Boston. Gotcha. Um, I want to go back to sign up. So when you're signing up, you other than <laughs> other than your credit card, what else do you have to what else are you providing when you're signing up? Like, what do you have to tell them at that point when you're, when you're signing up? So there's certain things that you can go back in and edit later. Some of the things you cannot are your name, your age, your address, um, certain things that you can go back and you can give a, um, 
if you have a proof of time or like your estimated finish time, that's a question that they ask you of like how, okay, how quick do you expect to run this? Disney has its own qualifying standards for if they're going to put you in a better corral. I'm not fast enough for that. So for me, it was, okay, how, how quick do you think you're going to um, finish the 10K? And that's in minutes per mile. How quickly do you think you're going to finish the half marathon? And that's a range. And you're, um, so you're giving them this information. Yes. They have like a drop down menu for it. Okay. All right. um, and have, that's, and like you said, that's for corrals, which if you're unfamiliar, corrals are where you start, right? Yes. Okay. Your starting placement. So you give them that information. You can edit that later. Um, if you are speedy and you have a qualifying time, um, that say registrations in April, which for this, for marathon weekend it is, and say you have a really fast run in July um, before the proof of time cutoff, you can go back in and edit, say that you get your, I know that for the marathon, it's four hours and 30 minutes. Uh, say you get your 428 uh, in July, you can go back in and edit that and add that. And uh, oh, okay. And it's, I don't really know a lot about what that drop down menu looks like because I'm not fast enough to access it. Mm. But you have to give some information about what course, um, what, you know, what date, what, et cetera. Because proof okay. of are only uh, good for so many years. Probably because, you know, as you, I should, I, I, I don't think I can put in like my like 20, like two minute 10K or 5K from when I was 16 anymore. Because I frankly can't run that fast anymore from when I was a 16-year-old on the cross-country team. I can't, yeah. I can't submit that one anymore um, for, you know, good reason where it needs to be within the last couple of years. But Disney spells all this out on their website. Uh, they also ask for your shirt sizes, which that's something else you can go back in and edit. If um, I prefer to do the men's cuts of the shirts, I just think that uh, – Sometimes like ladies cuts and Disney's been getting a little bit better about this, but like sometimes they're like weirdly flared at the bottom and I use my shirts um, to run later. So like, I'm not looking for like a fit and flare little action. Um, uh, I'm looking to use it for a workout. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I prefer the men's cuts personally, just the fit a little bit better, but you can go back in and switch it. Um, they ask if you're an AP, you ask if you're DVC, they ask if you're a cast member, they ask if you acknowledge that you're running an in-person race. Um, and there's certain things that, you know, I acknowledge that there are certain things about terms and conditions, et cetera. You know, I acknowledge that this is in person. I acknowledge like I'm going to follow the rules. In person. I wonder what, I wonder, um, what happened? I wonder they, why they're asking that. I'm, I'm uh, just trying to think. They have virtual options. So that's actually good. Oh. Um, so they, this was new with the pandemic or post pandemic is that they offer basically a virtual set of almost the same medals and stuff um, alongside uh, the in-person ones. So they started doing that during the pandemic is like you could defer your race or not defer, but you could ask for a refund or you could pick virtual for um during the pandemic so i did two virtuals during the pandemic for just shirts i really liked um cronk was on one of them for the wine and dine uh you don't see cronk all that often and then princess leia was on another one for the final running of star wars so oh, okay um, but now since i've kind of have I, I think it's awesome that they've kept that because there's a lot of people who you know financially you know it's a big undertaking to go down to Disney for a challenge. You have to be there quite a few days to run. 
uh, before, before and after. So, well, not really after so much, but a couple days before to get your bibs and, you know, get ready for the race. So I think it's nice that they've kept that option where people who still want to participate, but might not, you know, yeah, be able to get down can still have that option if they really, really, because I think that also um, virtual medals can be a nice like motivator in a way to, you know, like, oh, like I really want to earn my, you know, 5k medals. So I'm going to go out and run or yeah. I want if I want to, you know, earn my half marathon medal, like, um, I think that's a really nice thing to kind of keep it. And it's like, it's less to do it virtually. Um, cause it doesn't cover some of, you know, obviously the in-person overhead costs, but. So basically if you're, when you're signing up, if you can go back and change your, your, your estimated times, if you think you're going to do better or whatever. So that's good. That's good that they don't like within that three minutes of you signing up, for the race and you've been waiting to get into, you know, into it because the, the internet's not working. You, <laughs> if you don't have that information, you can, um, you know, go back and change it. So that's good. I recommend people just click whatever they just click something. Just, I don't care, like six hours or, or like, you know, five hours, whatever, just click something. And then you can even go right back in caveat being if you're registering after the proof of time deadline, so for this, I think for Marathon Weekend, it was in September. Um, again, not something I have to worry about. So I, I don't really pay that much attention to it. Um, if you like are snagging a last minute, minute bib, you cannot go back and edit it. So you can only edit it for so long. But for the most part, you could go literally right back in after you get your confirmation that you're in the race and then go, oh, no, I think that I probably have like a 515 in me for the marathon. So I'm going to switch it to that. Um, okay. And then if you get your proof of time later, you know, a month later, then you can go back in and edit that, which is nice. All right. All right. So you've signed up and now you got to start training. So I've heard people use like different kind of methods. Did you use a method? Is it something that you had to pay for? Is it something that you just found online? What, what do you and and I guess my other question is, when did you really start training for that? I use the Galloway method, which is available on the Run Disney website. No, it's available on the Run Disney website. And is I, Galloway a person? Is that like a. Yes. Jeff Galloway is a human and he was an Olympic um, runner. He, in the 1972 Olympics, he patent, well, I wouldn't say patented, but he was a really big proponent of the run walk method. So interval running. And uh, he used that to train to qualify for the Olympics. So if that's not a like <laughs> endorsement of like, you don't have to completely run through to run fast. I don't yeah. know what it is. Um, but G Jeff Galloway is like the kind of training sponsor of Disney races. He's at most weekends. I think almost all of them. Uh, sometimes he's like that last character stop almost out on the course. Uh, I've seen, I've, I saw him out on the course during springtime surprise, took a sweaty picture with him. Because he was there in the last half mile of the course. And then he ran in with the last people who finished, which is really nice. But Jeff Galloway, is, um, he, his training plan is compared to other ones. And it's free. It's all available on the Run Disney website. Um, it's okay. long, but um, it's a little bit less running days per week. Um, my biggest advice is to pick something that's going to work with your schedule, because if it's something where you would 
like the either killing yourself a little bit to like, you know, pushing yourself way too hard to like finish it and it just doesn't work with you. It's not going to be something that brings you joy. It needs to be manageable for your schedule. Um, and I find Galloway to, for the most part, be manageable with my schedule. And I only say the most part because uh, toward the end, it's a little bit of a, it's definitely a big time suck because he trains you up to 26 miles level marathon. I didn't train that high. I'm just going to say that right now. Just didn't have the time because um, it's tough around the holidays because his plan starts at the last week of June for the, for Dopey. Last week of June, uh, the marathon was in January. So that's seven. Well, that's, that's six months. That's basically six months. Yeah. It was. And you, and you signed up. What day was, do you remember the day that the sign up was? Thank you. April 19th. April 19th. So, so you had April, May, June. So you had two months of, um, of, uh, no, I don't want to say nothing. You had two months of like, you know, of relaxation before you really had to get yourself in gear. Yes. I was running during that time. I took a good amount of June off actually of running. I did do a 10 K during that time. So I guess I'm just a dirty liar. Um, <laughs> I say like, oh yeah, I took a lot of June off. I did like a race, but that's fine. After signing up for Dopey, I kind of, I was playing around a little bit, right? Where I was like, I was working on intervals because I really wanted to commit to interval running um, for marathon training. And I was playing around with what my intervals would be. I was playing around with even just length of runs where if I only wanted to run two miles that day, okay. Because I wasn't like in the official training block. So I was like, oh, I don't feel bad. I mean, you shouldn't feel bad either way because sometimes your body is just telling you, hey, stop. Like you don't want to overtrain and then, you know, be in a bad position. But it was kind of nice because I could do really kind of whatever I wanted, you know. And it was kind of nice to have that like lack of like pressure. Not that like the first couple weeks I thought, you know, were really the first couple months of marathon training weren't a lot of pressure for me because I knew that I could do two 45 minute runs plus in, uh, on the weekdays. And then a, my long run being either three, four, five, six, you know, like for my long run uh, on the weekend. And then it would kind of build up. So it would go three, then the next weekend it was four, then back to three, then up to, you know, it just it kind of like bounced nicely, uh, or yeah, it stacked up nicely. Um, so this Galloway method is like, like, is some running and then walking in between. Yes. So the way that I do it, and I, I don't want to say I wasn't a believer in the intervals, but I just you know was a little bit hesitant because remember my background being something with. You know, I did like that one year of cross country. And even though it like wasn't my jam, I still mm -hmm. had it in my head of like, you can't walk at all. Like you need to keep running. Like, what are you doing walking? Like I, it was hard. It's hard to undo that and kind of reset from that mindset that you've had, even though it's been like 10 years since you were on the cross country team. And maybe you can forget that now. <laughs> like, it's basically like a structured like walk break. So my interval, my chosen interval that I usually run is I'll run for a minute and 15 seconds and then I walk for 30 seconds. And I do that from the very first like minute that I run. 
because basically it's the principle of you can conserve your energy, but you can't conserve your time. So conserve your energy so you don't bonk out unnecessarily. You'll be the one, you know, passing people at the finish line and you'll be the yeah. one, you know. And then when I, and the more I heard people talk about how, oh, like I PR'd my marathon by like 10 minutes using intervals versus running straight through. Or I don't feel sore. I don't feel like tired. I was like, okay, I absolutely, I have to at least try this. And I got, um, when I did that 10K, that was my June off of running. Um, I got within 30 seconds of my PR. Uh, oh, I, okay. With it being a pretty hot, really hilly, and I was not trained for hills at the time, race, that was enough to sell me that, yep, intervals absolutely work. They definitely work. Um, and then why also, you know, it's, it's kind of nice because like knowing I have these little, like it, it goes by more quickly in my opinion. Cause I don't always, I mean, my natural interval I'd say is the one fifteen to 30, but sometimes I tinker with like, I do like shorter ones to start. And then I kind of build up a little bit if I'm doing a super long run, but it kind of like doing that extra math almost makes it go by quickly. And this is the nerdiest thing I've ever said. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. But like, it's like, oh, wow, like the hour goes by quickly if you have to like pay more attention to your interval because you're doing a different one. So you don't know the math off the top of your head. Very, uh. very like swimming based where like you had to always do that math of like, oh, if you get in on the 15, you have to and you leave in 30 seconds, you have to leave on the 45. So it's like swimming math. Uh, I have to always watch my watch or my phone, but I don't know. I like intervals. I think that it's really made this successful for me. Um, and, uh, just more attainable, but also I think that it's also having some flexibility to listen to your body a little bit more and do what you need to do, which came into my race day marathon strategy a lot because all my beautiful intervals and me loving to do my math went right out the window when I started the marathon, but in a good way. This, the training though is for you, it was, and the, this method for what you were doing, it was six months. So it's like, it is, I mean, that's the that I mean you want to look at if you want to look at like a starting point for a time commitment that's what you're looking at so yes and no if you can commit to I just know I just knew with my job situation at the time that like something where I had to run like eight miles on a Wednesday just wasn't gonna work right there are other plans where it's shorter maybe it's like I think the one for Chicago is like 19 total 19 total weeks, I should say. I think that I used like the Nike Run Club uh, uh, training plan. And it just involves more runs per week and just knowing like what I could and couldn't commit to. Um, and maybe like I do have room for like another one, like another run during the week. But sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm super duper busy. And I knew that um, if I had stayed in the same job situation I was in at the time that like with busy season in the fall, that that just wasn't that wasn't going to be feasible. So knowing that I could, you know, I was like, I can make enough time for 45 minutes to myself twice a week during the weekdays. Um, Got you. So sometimes they're shorter. Um, that wasn't appealing to me to have like, cause then there was like, there was another uh, plan that I referenced when I got off track with training a little bit. Cause I'm not going to pretend I was perfect with it. I wasn't life happened. I got sick. <laughs> I got like, just had things happen where, I got a little off track. So one of the ones where I saw, you know, it's uh, Hal Higdon's run or plan, which I also, I like certain aspects of it, but one of the things I don't is that it's like eight miles on a Wednesday. 
in December when you have when the sun has gone down at 4:12 p.m. <laughs> yeah, you live. I mean, and and Natalie, I don't want to tell you where you live, but you she lives in Midwest. Um, so you're not, you know, you're you're not you don't have you know 80 degree weather in November December like you would have like in the, in um in Florida. So you're limited on how much you can run outside and and at times and and whatnot. So. I try to do the more running outside that I can um, just because I have noticed I can kind of just zone out and just be when I run outside a little bit more versus I'm watching the treadmill so much more when I am inside. Gotcha. Um, and I'm watching, and I'm watching everything and I just, also you're just staring at the wall, even if you put TV on. Yeah, that's, that's my personal preference. I know some people thrive on the treadmill power to you. Uh, <laughs> Because I will take my chances and go be hot outside. Is there any other final thoughts you had about training for this? Yes. I think that there's some other pieces of training that aren't talked about quite as much. Well, to be honest, when you think about it, you know, putting like aside time to do like a 20-mile training run, that's a big deal. So that's what I feel like most talked about. But other parts of training that are what I call like almost like race day like prep, which involve things like testing fuel. Um, I'm a big proponent of uh, fueling your runs um, and testing everything. So I'll test something. I'll test, you know, by fuel, you mean like goo. There are little like gummies. There are different, um, I guess goo is just a gelatinous like substance if you've never had it. Really not making it sound appetizing. Um, I like. This is like energy type food you're talking yes. about. Yes. Okay. So a gel um, so, or type substance. There's. I'm a proponent of using some real food, some of the like fuel <laughs> in and of itself. I'm a proponent of mixing between the two. I like you. Sometimes I use applesauce. I really think the most success I've had is if I mix in something salty. So Cheez-Its or pretzels or something like that, just to kind of like cut. Cause sometimes like the fuels can be a little sugary or, and I like sugary and sweet, but after a lot enough of them, you're kind of, <laughs> ready to have something else cut it and also just sodium to replenish what you're losing in your sweat. But um, another piece is kind of testing what you're going to wear in uh, your shoes and knowing like how they rub, how, et cetera, your socks and then your clothes, including if you're going to do any sort of costume pieces, I cannot stress enough to test what you are going to wear on a longer run <laughs> not just not you know especially if you're planning on wearing it for the half or the full don't just test it out on a three mile run and tell, call it fine um just make sure that you know there's no extra rubbing that happens if you take it on a 10 miler versus a three miler because I had that happen with a pair of just regular leggings that were working just fine for me took them on a 10 mile training run and oh boy did they not work so fine for me anymore uh, they had chafed cheeks. So um, really not a, a pleasant thing to find out in the shower. Uh, I cannot stress enough with that, but especially if you have any costume pieces. We all of our costume characters and, and Run Disney is no shortage of that. People dress up in costumes from, you know, just a basic, you know, Disney bound of like Snow White where it's like the colors 
to people like wearing objects <laughs> and running, which is crazy to think about. I just had a visual in my head though, like somebody in a costume, like a like a full on costume, you know, with cardboard accent pieces and such, running through their neighborhood <laughs> for three hours. And people just watch it from their from their house going, What the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh i just thought of that like wow I, like there are people like hopefully they are t- practicing running with their costumes on and and they have to do it in their you know neighborhood and if people don't know what's going on they're gonna they're gonna have questions yeah i do think about that with people who do things that are more elaborate because i some people will do something like that for like the marathon or the half or the half which those are kind of lengthier I think a lot of people if they're going to do something with like there are people for the 10k that were VHS tapes and they were like they were hilarious I don't they knew that they were going to walk they were doing dopey so they knew that they were going to walk the 10k anyway so the VHS tapes just walked around oh. so I know people try to keep it or something where my personal costuming philosophy is to keep mo- the pieces closest to my body, like run approved. So there are already things I can run in, uh, have run in, you know, I know that they're, you know, safe as far as that goes. And then, you know, pieces that are either removable or they're just far enough away that they like won't rub me any wrong way are the pieces that, that um, I'll kind of incorporate a costume into. So I don't know if other people kind of keep that philosophy, but it's more like a run close first and then like every, and then like the piece second type thing for me. And you, uh, you had a costume, costumes. I did. Which were? This was my first time costuming. So go go home for Dopey. (laughs) I, uh. Felt like during the other races I had done in 22 that that was missing from my experience because uh, on your bib, your name is on there if you sign up by a certain part or point in time, usually around the proof of time cutoff. But um, it's kind of small because it's at the bottom of your bib. So people, I had heard like DJs calling out and saying, oh, hey, Simba, like that, like you keep going, like Merida. So I felt like, that was missing from my experience a little bit because I was like, Oh, I'm just dressed like a runner. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to, they're not, and they can't see your name. Cause it's, this is too small in the bib. Like you said, my theme for marathon weekend, which uh, I actually went back and found a, a picture I, I took of like my sticky note where I kind of buzzed this all together was I did all the different Mickey mouses and phantasmic. So for the 5k, I was the brave little Taylor Mickey and uh, I guess, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Fantasmic, <laughs> uh, that's the one that kills the dragon. Yeah. <gasps> oh, beep, spoiler over. And then, because then I did them in sequential order for how they are in the last act of the show. Okay. I then did the 10K with Steamboat Willie, because he, you know, drives the steamboat with all the characters on it. Then the half marathon, I was Sorcerer Mickey. And then for the marathon, I was... You know, some imagination, huh? Uh, so cla- regular Mickey. Yeah, classic Mickey. Yeah. And uh, I kind of did this this way because in order of like props and like what I needed, because the longer the race got, um, kind of the less props that I needed to kind of convey the costume itself slash 
Um, I would always give the advice to walk the half marathon if you're doing dopey. Um, some people run it, uh, was, couldn't be me. Just, you know, walk as much of it as you can. Um, so I knew that like if I had like, originally like in my head, like my costume had a robe involved, I ended up not going that route with it. Uh, so I was like, eh, if I'm like hot and like annoyed, at least I'm not gonna be really running this one. But I ended up doing kind of like a red shirt and then uh, like blue pants to go along. I had a little rope. I did wear a Sorcerer Mickey hat uh, for 13.1 miles. And it was kind of weird because the rest of that day, I like felt like I had a phantom hat on. I did kind of break my own rules where like the hats I didn't run with, I didn't test run with. Um, so all this chirping about making sure oh. you it, um, I did not test them. I, uh, yeah, so me, a little bit of a hypocrite. Did you but. lose any, did you lose any pieces of a costume in the run? Nothing. Well, that's good. I was a little worried about the, the Sorcerer Mickey hat because we had had that, um, one of my parents dressed up as Sorcerer Mickey, like, I think early 2000s, like, we had had this hat for forever, so I was oh. a little worried about that one, but it actually didn't really move on my head, uh, which was kind of funny. Barely, it barely, barely even moved. I lost nothing, uh, which I thought was an accomplishment in and of itself. But yeah, it was it was great. It was super fun to put them together. I did kind of put some stuff together like toward the last minute. Um, I bought um, my red like I did a skirt instead of shorts for the marathon to kind of go over because it was going to go over my leggings. So I was okay, and I was like, if this is annoying, I'm just going to take it off and I'll put it back on when I'm getting closer to parks. Um, I bought one at home, and then I found one I liked better down at the expo. So I figured that again, I could just take it off and I would just shove it into my running vest if it was annoying. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't going to let it chafe me. <laughs> it wasn't touching anywhere in like that region that it would chafe me, but sometimes people have tutus like rub on their like lower arms. It wasn't like that. I knew that wasn't going to happen because I did like try it on in my hotel room. I'm like walking in circles. I'm like, there's no way this can rub at my arms unless I start like running with my arms straight down, which I don't do. So I'll be good. Like I said, that's why you want to run, practice with all this stuff on because, you know, you got arms moving and such. You want to make sure everything is in, uh, you don't want like these, you know, these extra parts to, I should say extra pieces to start like rubbing against like, you know, like you said, your arms and such. You know, These are like things you don't even think about until it actually happens. So. Yes. And I, as somebody who is chafed just sometimes in normal life, doing nothing even spectacular, very passionate about that subject and trying to avoid it. So, and then I also kind of adapted things knowing my certain kind of my race strategy. Um, as I kind of mentioned, training to get a little derailed toward the end. I did not make it. To, I did not make it to 23 miles. I did not make it to 26. So I knew that I needed to kind of like take things a little bit easier, which ended up being a blessing in disguise. So I knew that I was going to walk the 5k, walk the 10k, walk the half. So I knew that nothing I had was uncomfortable enough to give me a headache because I like tried it. I did like wear it around like the house or the apartment when I was at my fiance's apartment. I wore it enough around like those areas that like, okay, none of this gives me a headache. And again, it's removable, easily removable as far as the headwear. If not, uh, the marathon just being where the picky, I had to be kind of picky about what I did. And then I still did do something a little new with, I had a little bow tie, a yellow bow, a gold bow tie to be Mickey. And I, 
um, it was falling down with the way it was around my neck. So I tied it around my hair. <laughs> hmm. So it stayed upright <laughs> the entirety of the marathon. I barely noticed it was there, um, to be honest, even though I was like choking myself a little bit <laughs> with it. But um, I knew, again, that was removable and I would have just shoved it in my um, hydration vest if it was annoying to me. So I figured that that was uh, one little gamble I could make. And I knew like kind of with the courses that things, uh, I do look at the courses a good bit. So um, do I study it maybe a little bit more than I want to admit? Maybe. Um, I kind of knew that there were lots of like, not like for the marathon, a lot of like long stretches of highway in between parks. Because uh-huh. it's just how it is, right? We're going from Man- uh, Magic Kingdom to Animal Kingdom. It's not a quick ride. Um, actually, it wasn't that bad, like a, a length of time. But knowing like I had like a three, four mile stretch of no park because that meant no photo pass where if I needed to cheat a little and like take off my bow tie because it was annoying to me I could just do that and you know there would be no, no one would be any the wiser um no one would know unless I like stop for a picture with a character which they do have those out on some of those stretches of road so the course map they released that when did they release that about three two to three weeks before the race so okay with princess on the horizon um yeah, we're recording this on the 27th of January. We don't have course maps yet for the race. The half is on the 26th. So the race weekend starts the 24th if you count, or for the expo. Uh, we don't have course maps yet. I think we're going to get them the first week of February, which I just realized is next week. Yeah. Wow, January mm-hmm. went fast. But maybe next week, but probably the week after. It's a release in the event guide online. Um, I do expect them to pretty much be identical to the marathon weekend ones. Oh, okay. So do they, does the map show where the, uh, like bathroos are, where water stations and say that, does it go that in water depth? stations? Yes. Uh, bathrooms, it doesn't, it's, it's basically an overlay of like, you're just Walt Disney world, like map. So if you look at a, a map of the world showcase, cause this is the five, like 5k it goes around there. It's your basically what you would look at in my Disney experience. So I know kind of, you know, where the bathrooms are. Um, there are people who will like make a list of every bathroom that's like along the race course. Oh, okay. Um, so I go in with a plan of like where my bathroom is um, because just knowing like if I drink a lot of water and it's like I refuse to get in a porta potty if I can avoid it, um, especially just an on course one that other people have gone in before me. Um, the pre-race ones that I can make an exception for, but I just, I just had this thing where, you know, I'm not getting swept in a run Disney porta potty. It's just not, <laughs> happening. if I can avoid it, if I can't avoid it, then it is what it is. But. And, um, <laughs> and, and you're saying that the, the in-park bathrooms are open when you're running through. That's what you're referring to. I think. You can't like divert yourself too far off of off course. So, Probably the best example that I have right now is for the half marathon. You kind of go into Fantasyland a little bit. You know, you go from Tomorrowland to Fantasyland, kind of over by, you know, Speedway. You go past, um, you go past, well, now I'm thinking of, I can only think of the bathrooms that are like along the course. So that might not have been (laughs) the So say, okay, actually, because you go into Liberty Square 
and that's how you exit the park. Um, you kind of go into Frontierland. So as you're going along that area, you couldn't go to a bathroom that's in Adventureland in the Magic Kingdom. Well, yeah, they don't. Want, you're not going to go, of course. But if there's a bathroom along the course, an you in, a interior bathroom you can use. Okay, well that's 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 good to know. Instead of just using Porter Johns, which they have scattered all over the place. And then do they show the where the character meet and greets are on the court on those course maps? No, that is a surprise. But this year for the marathon, um, I don't know. I know kind of how people would have collected some of this information, but not exactly how they collected all of it. But the characters got leaked this year for the 10K, the half and the full. So I had a little list on my phone that had been going circulating again, the Run Disney groups um, of where each character was at what mile area. So I knew Dopey, for example, was at mile 2.4 of the marathon. And I knew his line would be long and I probably wouldn't even think of doing it. I was correct. It was, <laughs> if I had gotten him and he was short, I probably would have done it, but it was at least like 20 minutes long. And they try to be pretty efficient with character stops where like, it's, you know, shoot and go, like shoot and go. Like, you know, the cat, the cast member, if you're the next person up, like they grab your phone and then, you know, it's pretty efficient operation, but still it was just going to be too long. And do uh, they have a photo pass yes. with the camera with the, but is it with the can the camera and they're scanning your band too? No, that's actually, that's a good thing to say, because the way that PhotoPass works on a Run Disney course is you put in a linking code to your, um, there's a code on the back of your bib, you put in, you know, there's a, it's like a generic code, and then the last five digits are your bib, is the rest of your bib number, and that um, basically every single time, like my bib number was 25733, every single time that they identified bib 25733, um, it popped up in my photo pass. So if I were to like pull somebody else's, like if I were running like with my mom who doesn't have an AP and she's not running at the moment. So, um, and I wanted to, I could, if she was, you know, a different bib number, I could pull hers as well, but you have to manually enter the bib linking code to get your photo pass picture. Those are, and those are like candid photos. Those are not the meet and greet photos. Um, they're not like, they're like, have like, I got some candidates where they, um, walked like, like me, like walking up to the character, but, um, oh. kind of like a meet and greet photo, right. Where like Chip and Dale for on the 5k course posed with me. Um, okay. Dale was like holding up my cape and shaking my hand. It was adorable. Big, big, uh, it was, it was very funny. So it was kind of like that. And then the cast member, there was a photo pass cast member and then a regular cast member. And the regular cast member also used my phone to take some pictures. So I got some candidates there too. So you've gotten the race course, you've signed up for everything, you've trained, hopefully. <laughs> it's now race weekend. Did you stay on property? And if you are staying on property, why are you staying on property? Is, is there, what do you recommend for that? If you're, if you're traveling in for this? Sure. So I did stay on property. I think that it is worth it for a run Disney weekend because there is bus transportation to the start line. And something we haven't mentioned is that these races start nice and early in the morning at five in the morning. So not like driving yourself because some people do choose to drive, which is fabulous for them. But not having to worry about that extra step of driving yourself to the race and knowing that they do have to close some roads around Epcot. 
because that's all the all races asterisk uh start and end um in the epcot parking lot and i think that the bus transportation both to the wide world of sports for the expo and to the to and from the races is invaluable so i personally stay on property as much as i sometimes think about oh well i could save money staying at a disney springs like hilton it ends up you know if you think about the additional kind of worry and the additional just cost of um the car and that's and that's included too the busing yes the busing is included and um, all right yeah buses are pretty great i know some people have had some issues where because it's a contracting thing where people come from like out of state to drive so they're not quite as familiar so sometimes they need a little extra directions but <laughs> i feel like for every bad experience there's like 20 fine ones that's and that's like i can't yeah. you're up you're up early you're up four in the morning to get to a race and the bus driver gets lost oh gosh <laughs> yeah um because it's like almost like related i've never been on a bus that's gotten lost but you know it's almost relatable in a way it's like <laughs> It's like oh, yeah. I would be, I too would be lost right now. No, um, <laughs> but I've I've only had great experiences with them, but I do acknowledge that there are sometimes some goof ups um, there. But I personally, one of my favorite places to stay for a race weekend is Port Orleans, um, and that's where I stayed at Port Orleans Riverside for this race. I was pixie dusted with an upgrade um, to a preferred room, which. I thought uh, I was in the alligator bayou area and I was very close to the main building. And I thought that this just happened to be a like hidden gem of a standard room that happened to be around the preferred area. No, I just got lucky and I got a little upgrade to the preferred area because I paid for a standard room, which was very, very magical and very exciting. They knew you needed that preferred spot because you would be running 48 point something miles that weekend. So, yeah, I usually don't ask for a uh, ground floor, but uh, I didn't want to have to deal with the stairs. <laughs> uh, I was not sure what condition I would be in after the marathon uh, going upstairs because after the half, cause that's where I had stayed for princess in 2022, 2022. It was a little tough for me. Get It was, it was an extra couple minutes for me to get up the stairs up to my, up to our room on the second floor. So we request, I requested a ground floor, yeah. which I will also be doing for, um, I'll be staying at French Quarter for my next race. All right. So if you're doing a moderate or a value ground floor for those rooms, everybody, the busing is, that's really nice. You said now for the expo, so you, where the expo is at ESPN World of Sports, and that's where you're getting your bib as well as merchandise your t-shirt pickup how far advanced do you need to show up there like can you i guess i guess what my question is if you're running on a thursday morning can you show up to property on a thursday morning or a friday night what do you have to do i'll tackle the bid pickup kind of question aspect of this first if you are running on thursday morning so for marathon weekend that's for 5k um other weekends the races themselves start friday but this for marathon weekend because there's an extra day you must pick your bib up on wednesday you must so if you're running dopey you must pick your bib up on wednesday sometimes there is emergency bib pickup the morning of the race but it's emergency like oh my god my flight got in at 9 p.m and it was supposed to get in at 9 a.m 
So that's not something you can necessarily count on, and lines are also very long for that. So oh, wow. this is actually something you acknowledge. This is one of those terms and conditions uh, that you acknowledge when you register for the race, that, like, I will go pick up my bib when I'm supposed to. It says that sometimes or people, you know, kind of the advice that I give to people is that it's not always offered. Have I almost always seen it? Yes, at the information booth. But also, it's something where you don't want to necessarily rely on it. So if you can avoid it. Because something that I personally do at this point is to avoid kind of that kerfuffle. Um, ooh, what a funny word that is. <laughs> uh, I try to travel in a full day early. So if I had to be at the expo on Wednesday, I travel in Tuesday. Sometimes I know that's not exactly the most feasible thing. Like I know that we're living in a little bit of a dream world sometimes of like, <laughs> it's the ideal, right? Of like, yeah. ideally you want to do this, but sometimes, you know, PTO and work obligations and life obligations. Sometimes that's just not feasible, but if, well, even if, yeah. And even if you're flying in the day with that, the, the Wednesday, you know, if you, it, it, it's January. So up here and then, you know, where we are, it gets snow and you get delayed and then, and then you, 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 you messed up. So, so that's smart to, to, to give yourself a buffer day because, because I mean, you paid all this money to go there. You've, you're taking the time off, you're getting yourself there. And now, you got to get your bib and if you don't get it then <laughs> then what was the point of all this you know right because especially with dopey is that you got to finish all the races to get dopey so if you miss the 5k wah, wah, because the 5ks at disney um are only have a timing chip and are only timed for the um people who, who, for which that that's part of a challenge. So if I looked at, you know, the character was Pluto, like a Pluto of bib versus my dopey bib, they wouldn't, the Pluto won't have a chip on the back. Mine did because they have, they want to, you know, the track and make sure that I finished. So five. those, so those 5k people don't know how fast they went. It's not officially like listed. They have timers on the course. So if you notice that you start at 30, if it's been yeah. like, 5:30 in the morning and then you end um you can kind of back yourself into the time i feel like most people also are like timing themselves so hi buddy the puppy is looking around here's <laughs> noise upstairs uh, but you but you don't get an official time and this is kind of something in the, t the turn it's it's a fun run so only the dopey bibs are timed so it'll be nice or it'll be kind of funny when i pick up my uh 5k bib for princess next month where it won't be timed <laughs> so mm. it, it'll be uh interesting because it'll be my first time of a non-chipped bib uh at disney so i don't have to worry about myler blanket uh messing it up so then at the expo they have not only just bib pickup but they have mountains of merchandise and and then the i don't know what to call them the the, the third party retailers the the expo Vendor. people vendors so that's that's expo people <laughs> they've got third-party vendors they're selling things that you or, or giving things away that you could buy yes so i'll talk about them first and then i'll get to the merch thing because that's a little bit of a hot topic um the third-party vendors so this is the building in which you most people will have to then pick up their race shirt so you, there's three buildings there's the bib pickup there's the vendor tent slash race shirt, and then there's the merchandise, the Run Disney merchandise. So I say most people because for Dopey, Dopey's are, everything is bundled together 
at the bib pickup building. I'm going to be honest. I don't know why they do it that way. It was nice though. Mm. <laughs> I did end up going over to the, the vendor tent anyway. And I went a couple times, but um, there's all kinds of different vendors. So Jeff Galloway actually has a booth there. Um, there's Galloway Pacers out on um, courses for a half marathon and usually in the full marathon. So there's uh, like listing lists of the Pacers. Um, Jeff Galloway himself will be there. Some of his coaches for an example of just, you know, different of the presenting sponsors of the weekend. So Marathon Weekend was presented by State Farm. So there was a State Farm booth. There's KT tape, which is some wizard stuff. Um, I got taped before the marathon. And I had never, I had KT tape of my own, but I had never used it really, besides to keep on blister band-aids uh, more easily on my leg, uh, on my foot, because it felt like it was stickier. And I wasn't cutting off like all circulation in my leg and my foot to keep a band-aid. Mm. Uh, which I do sometimes with medical tape and uh, that stuff is wizard stuff where they will tape you. Um, and it like, and basically I think the way it works is that it like something with like the blood flow in your like injured or maimed area, it kind of helps with the blood flow um, by kind of like pulling up the skin a little bit. Honestly, I felt great. So KT tape is wonderful and they'll tape you for free. I think it's one area for free and then they have tape that you can buy. And sometimes if like you have a, no, no area that you'd like to tape. They'll uh, give you some tape to go and tell you how to do it. So I had asked, I had had a little bit of hip pain and I was like, I figure that you guys can't help me with this. Right. And they're like, no, it's Disney. We can't do that because you know, your hip is a no, no square area. And they told me what to do with it, which I didn't end up actually doing because the hip pain went away. And then I, I still have those pieces of tape. I actually taped my other knee was on the tape I had just to kind of keep it even, but there's all kinds of things. So if you like do forget something or need to purchase something, like say like you forgot your fuel and they have um, all your different goos that you usually use there, you can buy it there from one of the vendors. You can buy, um, I don't recommend buying shoes and like, you know, running in them the next day without, you know, break. It's more about breaking uh, your, your foot into the shoe to make sure than it is really breaking in the shoe. But, you know, for some reason, I don't know, your luggage gets lost, God forbid, which is why you should kind of carry some of this stuff in a carry-on. But I won't get on that spiel right now. I was like a little crazy lady with all my luggage, though. So maybe maybe not exactly a shining example. You know, God forbid your shoes, like something happens to your shoes, you could buy a pair there. You like So it's kind of like different vendors like that. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff. And, like, it was kind of nice to people who had – because this was my first marathon weekend running um, – that people who, like, were in the know – very much knew like, oh, this is back. This is back to what it should be or, you know, what it was before as far as the races themselves and how many vendors were there and how busy it was. And it was kind of nice, you know, it was like kind of good to be back is what people said. It was a lot of people. So that's also where, you know, shirts will be. So if you need to exchange your shirt because you realize that you like the men's cut better, cough myself, um, there's like an area where you can exchange your shirts if they still have the sizes available. So in 2020, I'd ordered a women's. I didn't like how it fit. So I went back and I exchanged it for a men's cut. So that was, that's nice. But there's all kinds of vendors there. There's all kinds of like other kind of other stuff. There's always a couple signature beers for the weekend or drinks. There's this plastic ESPN Wireworld of Sports Cup, which they really don't change weekend to weekend. So if you buy a beer in it, it's good for the rest of the weekend or until they change the cup. 
my beautiful print or my beer, beautiful beer cup from Princess 2022 is still living and living large. So uh, I bring it back <laughs> with me race to race. So it's like a refill. It's a refillable mug. Yes. Type thing. Uh, okay. It's cheaper. And it's really, it's a pretty, it's a pretty substantial pour for in the first place, but it's, I think like eight bucks um, for, I think it's like a 20 ounce pour, which at Disney is somewhat unheard of. Usually it's like 20 bucks for like a maybe eight ounce pour. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty good pour. Those are kind of around, but uh, probably the big, the big kind of area of contention is the merchandise tent. Now, full disclosure, I bought into Club Run Disney this year because I knew I was signed up for Dopey. I knew I was going to do Princess. I knew I was probably going to do Springtime Surprise. So I felt like this was a worthwhile investment of my time uh, to buy Club Run Disney because the way that things have been going in the past, like you get to the merch and there's already lines like an hour and a half before it opens. Um, in a lot of cases, it's the scalpers. And, uh, you know, you're waiting, waiting, waiting. Sometimes it takes you like two-ish hours to get in, and then it's a zoo when you get in. So You're saying you're saying the scalpers, um, this is something I learned last year, is that they open up the, the – I didn't realize this, and it's kind of weird for me it is – that uh, they open up the merch uh, merchandise uh, – sales at the expo center to anybody you don't have to be a runner right which i which i was like thinking like i i i I, at first i was like that's just weird why would why would like a non-runner why is a non-runner buying a run disney sweatshirt that doesn't i don't i don't understand that i'm not in i'm not you know i'm not a runner i'm not maybe there's something wrong with me to think of that i don't know but and then you find out well then they got scalpers you know, people that are buying up loads of stuff and reselling them, which is like, which really stinks because it, for the people running like yourself, that might not be able to get a chance to, to get the stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, a hot topic. <laughs> My personal take is that the scalpers only exist because there are buyers. So stop buying from them. And then they look, they're fools with like, 10 different spirit jerseys for a race they'll never think about running so uh but i won't get on that soapbox right now but what they've done this year to kind of it, it's kind of partially curbed things but not exactly is they've implemented a virtual queue to enter the merch tent on the first day um and i'll go into kind of why i kind of talked about like my time being worth certain amounts of things because with club run disney i uh get an early shopping window and can bypass that virtual queue. Um, now, I don't think that, I haven't tried to come back, so I can't tell you if this is correct or not, but I think that if I wanted to go back in later that day, I would have to enter the virtual queue, but I do get an early shopping window where I think mine starts at 9 a.m. when the uh, expo opens at 10, and I think they had let us in even a little before that. Uh, there's another tier of Club Run Disney that gets in even earlier. I think they get in around 8.45 or 8.30. Um, and they, you know, get first, like true first pick of the litter. But um, I still kind of have that. But the virtual queue works like a normal Disney virtual queue in that, you know, you sign up for a boarding group. It's not at the same time as all the rest of them, uh, which is nice. Uh, they've pushed it back. So it starts at 830 as far as the selection for the virtual queue. So if you're trying to get your lightning lane and stuff, you can do that at seven without worrying about your run Disney one. 
you know, getting your <laughs> Guardians one. That's just crazy. They got to do virtual queues for um, merchandise like this, but I guess it's it's hot in demand. But yeah, people were starting to line up at like 6.30 in the morning, 6 in the morning, like 5.30 in the morning. And that's also like, you know, I, th- I don't know if they were just camped outside Wide World of Sports and then like they eventually got let in, like the gates were, it was kind of getting out of control with that, which is just kind of ridiculous in a lot of ways. Um, so they've done the virtual queue because then, you know, you kind of, you have to wait for your virtual queue to get called back to enter the uh, merch tent. This is just for the first day. And as far as like, oh gosh, what happens if something runs out? Um, I did, even though I, or I did trial it. Um, I wasn't trying to go particularly quick when on the, on the dot with it because I knew I got my own virtual window and I, I left every boarding group I joined, right? Cause I had no need to come back uh, that day. But I was just kind of curious to see like, oh, like I got group like 82 the first time I tried to join it. And just, I was watching for when that got called back just so I had, like, I, I like being an informed person um, because I know that with Clubber and Disney, like that's not something that's feasible for everybody and also like, or worth it for a lot of people. So I can't, I like to make an informed and I don't want to also kind of be speaking from like a little tower of, well, it's fine. Cause I have club run Disney. Well, no, not necessarily. Um, I like kind of speaking to like the broader experience. It's kind of a geeky of me, but um, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I like being of assistance and advice to people. So, you know, you get called, then you kind of have like, you just have your time in there. Um, I don't, they don't like time you, it's not like a 10 minute, like checkout window, but, um, you have your time in there and people get called, uh, sporadically throughout the day. They never ran out of virtual queues. I think by a certain time they stopped offering them because they just let you go in. I think, I know for wine and dine, that was by like 3 PM for marathon weekend. It might've been later when they were just like, yeah, we're done with this. Just if you're here, just come in like whatever. Um, but they had a lot of cute merchandise. Um, I had to restrain myself from a lot of it because I unfortunately really like these little metal replica pins. They are the metal, but they are tiny and pin sized. So I knew that that was a big priority of mine to get as, uh, get, get the set of metal replicas. And then, um, I like getting like a shirt for the, if it's the first time I've completed the distance, or just I t- tend to like like the shirt or a weekend shirt. So I uh, had to restrain it. There was a lot of like, because it was a 90s theme, kind of like campy merchandise where like they had really funny like shirts that were like, they had like your standard like 26.2 or like 13.1, 10 or 6.2 like type of shirts. But then they also had things that were just like goofy things. Like I think for the 5K, it was just like a yellow shirt and it was very, very 90s. And it was like, oh, there's a chip on my shoulder of like Pluto's running, Chip and Dale are on his shoulder. So that's the chip on the shoulder. Hilarious. Yeah. So funny. Or there was one of Mickey for the marathon of like him like pouring water on his feet. And it was like, oh boy, my dogs are barking. <laughs> very funny, campy stuff like that. I didn't, I, I kind of, I'm still thinking about the. I'm still thinking about the dogs are barking one because I looked at it. I laughed at it. And I was like, you know, if this thing is, did you get it? I didn't get it. No, I can, you know, there's, it doesn't haunt me nearly as badly as they had princess 2020 ears. They were purple and they had a little castle in the middle on like the bow. And they haunted me from that expo. They still (laughs) haunt me because I still kind of wish I bought them. 
but I was like, oh no, like how much am I going to wear ears? And like, do I want the year on here? And this is before I knew COVID was going to wreck everything about 2020. Uh, so <laughs> I guess maybe I didn't want 2020 on my ears, but I am still haunted by those to say the least. Um, but I kind of the Mickey shirt too. Um, they had dopey ears. I had a pair in my hands, but I knew that finishers of the marathon got finisher ears and they're like kind of the ear hat. So I was like, do I really need another pair of ears? No. I mean, like, you know, I, I exhibited some self-restraint that I was proud of, um, sort of, um, (laughs) for this, just because I, uh, but the dopey ears went like hotcakes. So that's one of the things that I see people like trying to get as much as possible, uh, or like, you know, like, oh, I really wish I got the dopey ears or that's one of the things I've seen people like really wish that they got or like, is, is anybody selling them, um, et cetera. So mm. gear, uh, yeah, run, uh, the merch was kind of a bloodbath. Definitely. It was even kind of wild. And ours was like a limited shopping window, right. Where I, when I was in there, so it was just kind of wild of just like things everywhere. And like, I always put stuff back to where I found it from. Like, I'm not just going to like, I, I mean, like, you know, they have racks out there if like you just are trying to exchange it. But like, I was like, you know, like everybody else is coming in in like 30 minutes. So like, I might as well just go put it right back and not wait for it to get sorted. And then, you know, then put out again eventually. So I would just like go put stuff back and like, uh, it was kind of crazy because then the cast members were restocking things like as they were coming off the shelves. And I was like, wow, this is nuts. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, definitely a lot of really cute merch. And they have like uh, non-weekend specific merch. So they have um, just normal, like just run Disney stuff. Like they have a shoe ornament that just says run Disney on it. They have shirts, they have spirit jerseys. And it's cute stuff too. So if you don't, like if you aren't running this weekend and then, but still want to have something or you're not, you know, you just happen to be in town and you just want a little run Disney something or say, hey, like the 90s, the neon, the stuff like that didn't call to you in that way. There's also some merch options for you, but I felt like with it being a 90s themed weekend that overall, like it was like campy and it was out there, but it wasn't like so obnoxious, like as far as like what it could have been. Like I thought felt like everything was pretty tame overall, but fun, right? Like I think that that was just kind of the theme of the weekend that like a lot of loud patterns and stuff, but not like so much so that I was like, oh, like that's going to end up at the bottom of a closet. Um, I felt like they did a really good job. You've bought your merch. You got your bib. Now you got to actually run the race, right? <laughs> yeah. Or the race is for you. So I guess what time are I, – I, so all the races are starting at 5 in the morning. Where the Where is the start line? What time are you getting on the bus? You know, is there security you got to go through? How does that, like, happen? Sure. So all the races start – for this weekend in the Epcot parking lot. Sometimes there are one-offs that start elsewhere, but most weekends it's going to be the Epcot parking lot and start at five in the morning. So bus transportation is officially starts for 5Ks and 10Ks at three in the morning or the half and the full at 2.30. Now I say it officially for a reason because I discovered that there were buses that started around two because I happened to wake up the morning of the half marathon at like 1.15 on my own. And like with having like a 2 a.m. alarm, that was too close for me to go back to bed. 
So I decided it was go time. It was time to wake up. <laughs> and uh, sure, my neighbors were you know, maybe just getting in, but um, I decided it was go time. Honestly, the, I think the first like Hollywood Studios uh, after hours was that week. So there might have been people getting in when I was getting up. Anyway, um, I decided, you know, get up and I was like, you know, like, I'm sure there'll be a bus soon enough that, I don't know, I'm just going to wait out here and I'll talk to the people who are manning the like kind of bus area. And to my surprise, there was a bus out there. I think it was like 2.08 a.m. So I get on it and there's four of us on this bus and uh, I sit down. But anyway, um, I try to wake up. I've learned that I do like having that extra time in the morning. Because I say that you should never put yourself on the last bus if you can avoid it. Uh, last year for Princess, there were some traffic issues where they had to, they couldn't start the race until uh, they had to delay the start because there were buses on the road. Because they had, there was something where they were busing people from Hollywood Studios if they were parked, and that just led to some extra bus traffic. So I got caught in some of that traffic, just oh, wow. 30 bus. But I still got off the bus at 4.10, right? I was fine. Um, I just sat for an extra 40 minutes, which actually was probably good for me to get a little bit more rest on the feetsies. So I recommend getting on as early of a bus as you can. Because also, I think that it makes the morning a little less stressful. Because now that we are, you know, in back in the era of meet and greets, or post-pandemic restrictions, um, there are characters before the start line. So before you even get into your corrals, there are four characters out by like a main stage in the DJ. So um, I was able to, for the first time, participate in character meet and greets. So that was kind of nice. If on the 5K day, I was on the three o'clock bus, but not knowing that they kind of low key started at 2.30 and it was still like a 45 minute wait for Mickey. I waited for it because what else was I going to do? I wasn't, I knew that I wasn't going to run the 5K in this context, so I was just going to take my corral placement and just, you know, roll with it. I wasn't trying to rush in there. But, you know, the other mornings when I got there nice and early, I was able to hit multiple character stops um, before then I went over to line up to go walk out to my corral. And then kind of just one thing I think I didn't mention about when you pick up up your bib is that there's going to be a letter in the top corner of it um, that will denote what corral you're in. Um, This is based off of kind of what we talked about earlier with, your estimated finish time or your proof of time. But that's a sign to you. You can always drop back a corral if you say you're running with a friend. They're uh, they're in C, you're in B. You can always go back to C. They cannot join you in B, though. Did, uh, and you had to go through security? um... Yes. Okay, at Epcot. Yes, it's normal Epcot security, so they just send you right through those scanners uh, at the front of the park. So it's cool because then you see Spaceship Earth, say hello to the glittering, uh, gleaming beacons. And they have a bag gear check, bag check if you need to store or anything with the with yes. them. They do. They have like big U-hauls, so if you do bag check, because I did for the marathon, or my beer cup, that was the only that's the only thing I check because um, I have my priorities in order. And um, they kind of, there's this big U-Haul you give them. They give you a clear plastic bag when you pick up your bibs. But if you forget yours, they'll give one to you. And they write your bib number on there. And then they also uh, give you a sticker that they place on the back of your bib. And they also on the bag. So it has just like the number. It'll be like, oh, gear truck four bag, like 1411. So that's what they, 
So it's like near impossible to not just for somebody to get your bag. Yes, it's pretty hmm. impossible for somebody to pick your stuff up because then they lock the U-Hauls in uh, in between or, you know, once, once a truck's full and then they don't open it back up until races like people start crossing the finish line. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good that they do all that, that the gear check in case you need them to, you know, hold on to something. You don't want to run away, <laughs> run with it. The courses are basically, you know, like you said, you start in the Epcot parking lot and then are you're always running. You, um, Every race involves running through a park, right? At least for Dopey. Yes. I think every race in general pretty much involves, besides some of those kitty uh, races that they'll eventually bring back, but everything involves running through a park because that's cool to you know see the park essentially empty other than runners and oh, people yeah. working yeah people there to cheer you on we talked about this earlier they have the water stations out there medical tents right in case yeah. you need help oh yeah something yeah there's a bunch of medical tents both on course and they have it after the finish line, but I believe that there are some medical areas before the start line if God for if you need something um, before like I don't know. Uh, but I know that there's people definitely there to help. There's also some water there out. Uh, there will be water before the corrals as well. Lots and lots of porta potties. But when you pass through security at Epcot, um, you do like those. Ba- there are bathrooms that you can access. Um, your last chance of real bathrooms for a little while sometimes. So <laughs> it's nice to know that they are there. They are there. It's like that. it's like last exit before toll. Last bathroom yeah. <laughs> before Porta John. Yeah, yeah. Last exit for 14 miles. No, uh, <laughs> it's never that long. But so there are both a little bit of both there. All right, and you're always running on either a road pavement or whatever the theme park has which is mostly concrete yes right Um, there's no like dirt paths or grass you're running on right um if you want to be like speedy gonzalez and pass a bunch of people by running in the grass you are welcome to do that but it's not like you ever really have like guaranteed grassy sections uh where like oh everybody's running in the grass um if you want to if you're trying to pass people on the outside do so at your own risk but yeah for the most i can't think of anywhere where you're really gravelly or dirt or, you know, anything where you're purposefully naked. That's not something that you can avoid. So there aren't really hills. Some, a benefit of a Disney course is that it's pretty darn flat um, as far as, you know, courses go. Um, there are on-ramps and down-ramps or on-ramps and down-ramps because you are running through on the highways around Disney. So for some people that is considered hilly. Um, and I will say, I don't even want to say that that in a bad way, but like it's an, it is an incline. Um, but that's about the only real like hills you're going to encounter. Um, you do want to be careful because sometimes like the turns are, and like the on-ramps are a little banked. So you just want to kind of make sure you're watching your footing and whatnot, but it's pretty, it's a pretty flat course, all things considered. Um, you know, there's some areas where like for the half marathon course where, there's that water bridge where, well, above you is like the water kind of channeled uh, out to the Seven Seas Lagoon, but underneath, under you, you know, where you take the bus in near the Contemporary, uh, it's roadway. So that's like a little like dip underneath the water um, where that's, you know, that isn't a down, it's an incline and like a decline. So um, something yeah. to 
you're worried about it, maybe train for. I trained a lot of hills anyway, uh, just due to the terrain of where I was. Um, so that didn't, that, that's why I don't really necessarily consider this super hilly. Yeah, I'm 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 assuming uh, our, our listeners have been to Walt Disney World in the past. If you haven't, oh. obviously we highly recommend going. But Florida, Florida in general is a is is very flat. I think like the tallest mountain, the tallest peak in Florida is like Expedition Everest, and is is a fake mountain in Disney World. Like I'm not kidding, you know. Central Florida or Disney World naturally does not have hills the only inclines you're running on like you said are man-made it's the on-ramps for the for the for the roadways that you're running on so i mean that's that that's good that in that you're not um like i know where i live i mean i live in i live in you know the the outskirts of the appalachian mountains we're very hilly around here i don't know how this works in terms of difficulty if, if there is such a thing for running like that but i would think it's low difficulty in terms of the terrain that you're going to be on now maybe with temperature is a little different because florida can get humid even in the winter time but they're starting early i think so that you kind of try to avoid that and you could speak on that if that was a problem or not for you but i don't think that's much of an issue as it as it could be if you were running in the summer which is a good thing they don't have these races in the summertime <laughs> right yeah no everything you said is pretty true because it's a because it's such a flat course and it is a boston qualifier there are some people who will go out and race it and pr it and get their bq off of it because they know it's flat and they know it's fast um it's fully like measured to the point that it should be um just fast being you know like there's a lot of stretches of long highway that are flat as can be. Um, so, um, which is why it's interesting that uh, Orlando is actually where the, as an aside, the Olympic marathon qualifiers will be. It won't be at Walt Disney World. I mean, I don't think it, they'll use that course. That would be hysterical if they did. It's a couple weeks after the marathon, after the Walt Disney World marathon, but Orlando is where they are doing the qualifier for the olympic marathon next year oh, wow is very it was in atlanta for 2020 which became in 2021 is when the olympics were but it's interesting because in the humidity is something um i didn't i mean it, for this weekend in particular i felt like i could not have begged for better weather i could not have asked i could not have uh so someone was looking out for me <laughs> there um every it was between the 60s and 70s during the races um, the humidity was a little, a little high during the marathon. So they yellow flagged the course that didn't end up meaning anything. They basically just said over and over, like yellow flag is just potentially there may like just use some precautions. They have black flagged the course before. If they black flag the course, they will cut off portions of the marathon. And it's not something that like you get cut off necessarily, but talking about courses, there's a section that goes near blizzard beach into the parking lot. That's this year's course for the year that they black flagged it. They cut the blizzard beach portion off to cut off like three miles because people were fall were passing out because of the heat and the humidity. Oh, okay. All right. So they basically, and you can kind of tell where some of these areas are if they need to cut part of the course, because it's almost like, it's not an out and back in that way, but there's like a kind of like, almost like a little like blip into an area that like almost doesn't make sense, but like it does because they can cut it and they can get you back on track if you need to that didn't need to happen um but they yellow flag it basically as a hey like take some precautions hydrate more make sure you're hydrating 
um, which they had a lot of reminders the day before the marathon and then the morning of the marathon from the announcers. Um, there have been times in the past where it's been like running through soup. There have been times where the high was 85 or 86 for that day uh, for the princess half. So when the sun was beating down, it was nice and toasty. But for this for this weekend, I could not have asked for better weather. It was even a little chilly in some of the mornings. So I brought my layer blankets with me, which are basically those big old tinfoily looking things that you see uh, usually after races. Um, and they will give them out. But um, I bought I bought some Myler blankets and then I finally used the one I've been holding on to since the Princess 2020 10K. <laughs> it yeah. is in my suitcase since that day. It was used <laughs> finally. And that's just to help keep you warm kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and it really does work. I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, because I wasn't even really wrapping it around myself yet. And I felt like I was like, I instantly feel a little warmer. This is weird. <laughs> um, so it's a, yeah, it definitely really works. Some people do throwaway clothes where they just like take, they either go to Goodwill or they also just take stuff that they're really ready to part with in their closets. They take that stuff and they are, they uh, bring it and they like wear it until they get, they warm up. And then once they warm up, uh, they toss it because Disney donates all the clothes that they find on the course uh, to local charities. So it's also like knowing that, you know, it's going to a good cause. I hope they wash it first. I really hope they wash it first, too. Um, but I cannot confirm or deny if they do that. Um, yeah, I don't know if I want like stinky runner. Uh, right. Think either, about that. <laughs> or maybe the maybe the recipient washes it first. I don't know if maybe it goes through the big laundry plant. I don't know. I don't I, I did you um when you're running through the parks is there is there a ride functioning did you did you go on a ride <laughs> so um for the most part since the races start so early some of the shorter races the parks are completely closed during it so for the 5k you're not going to find like guardians open in Epcot uh because it's five in the morning and you know the course is pretty much done by seven but sometimes, um, even if the park is still closed, they will run things. So I found this out after the fact, but during the half marathon and half marathon and the marathon weekend, they had the teacups and the carousel open at Magic Kingdom. I was not paying enough attention. And also, I'll kind of talk about this a little bit later. I was a little squirrely during the half marathon uh, about just just the nerves were honestly the highest that day. Now, as far as if the park is open and you pass it, it's kind of like a bathroom where if you pass the bathroom, it's free game. And if a park is open and the ride is running, you can go on it. And guess what I did? I went on a ride during a marathon. <laughs> I went on Expedition Everest. It was around mile 16 and a half of the marathon. And I had adamantly said I was not doing it for days leading up to the marathon. I was like, I'm not doing Everest. I don't have the time. I'm so worried if it breaks down, blah, 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 blah. I get into Animal Kingdom, I'm running along, and I'm going to switch my fuel rod out because that was something I took with me in my in my hydration vest because I know that I doom scroll in the morning, like in the corral, because uh, I'm nervous and I don't have anything else to do. So uh, yeah, what am I going to do? Just sit with my thoughts? No, no. <laughs> I'm going to look at other people's thoughts. <laughs> and I knew like I my battery just wouldn't make it and my battery's still pretty good but I just knew that I wanted to just have that have that with me I'm like going and I'm and I'm full-on going toward the gift shop and they had single rider open for runners and I see all these runners get in line I'm like okay okay I'll get in line and then 
I see like, they're like, oh, we're, you know, I see a couple people get on a train, you know, like normal single rider. And then they're like, we're sending in the runners. So it was, the park is fully operating. I think this was about 9.30 in the morning, 9.40. Oh, okay. Um, and they sent it. It's whole, been open for an hour at that point, yes. I, I'm guessing. They sent a whole train of runners through. <laughs> uh, so I walked right on to Everest. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> and it was a full runner train. I'm sadly in like that back corner of the picture. So like you can see I'm there and I'm also holding onto my bib for dear life because one of the corners ripped when I put the lap bar down. And oh gosh, I didn't think of that. Wow. <laughs> um, well, honestly, the fact that my bib, because for Dopey, they give you two, uh, a bib for the 5K and the 10K and a bib for the half and the full. So like the fact that it made it through like 30-ish miles of running by this point, like I was pretty impressed that I had no altercations up until this point with that bib um i just poked a new hole and then i oh and i refastened it when i was off um the ride uh just kind of took my time doing that but it was hilarious because all the cast members all like even just the guests were like yeah runners as we took a train on everest um i'm so glad i did it and i definitely excited to you know it was just, it was something I'll never. No, that's, that's like something. Yeah, that's not something you can normal. You know, and, and obviously the normal guests can't do if they're not running. But um, you know, whether or not you run another marathon is is up to you. But at the time, you don't know. So yeah, no, it's great to 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 take advantage of that when it is there. And I think that also that where it was in the race made a difference because at mile 23, a little bit past 23, uh, Tower of Terror was open, you know, we're in the regular studios like day, and they were sending runners through the lightning lane. But the thought of me getting, you know, sitting down at this point, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm not done, but I'm kind of done. Like, I'm ready to like, I'm ready to like get to like, you know, I know that this is the best part of the course is when you get into Hollywood studios, you go along the boardwalk into Epcot. Uh, Cause it's just nonstop cheering the entire time. I'm like, I'm ready to be done at this point. Like I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm ready. So I did not opt. And I also kind of was like, you know, like one ride was enough. Like, am I going to be safe from the sweepers if I, get on this. And then again, God forbid this breaks down. I kind of had those like little self doubt thoughts. And I'm like, no, no, uh, rock and roller coaster. I think for a while they, you know, they're single rider for that. I think sometimes they were sending through the lightning lane. I heard out on the course that then they cut it or something. They weren't sending runners through anymore. The idea of getting down into that car and then getting up successfully was just not happening. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, like it's a low, like it was going to take a while. <laughs> Uh, so I didn't even entertain that idea. And again, it's mile 23 of 26.2. Like you're kind of, I was ready to be done. There were people who I saw get onto Tower of Terror and great for them. I, uh, maybe, maybe next time, but yeah, there's, so some stuff is open. Sometimes they run like stuff that kind of technically quote unquote shouldn't be open. Um, but if the parks are open, which the marathon is one of the few where they usually are, to be honest, um, sometimes you'll come into contact with Epcot being open at the end of a half course. That kind of, that really depends, really depends. I would kill for aliens whirling saucers to be open during the tower of terror. Not it's going to, it was the tower of terror time miler. It'll be the toy story time miler this year. I would let, I would, I would absolutely ride that. That would just be funny. Uh, they might do that. I mean, it would make sense. Toy story ride for a toy story race. Speaking it into existence, Adam. I'm speaking it. They could even do it like 
like half like a half ride you know that's like yeah. they could just they they don't have to do the, the full you know minute they could do like 30 seconds all right so so they have some so you can you know do a ride if you want and um that's pretty cool did you stop for any any like memorable characters that you remember that you stopped for yes um so beyond the ones that were at the start and finish line I kind of knew besides the 5k, I knew all the characters that would be out on the course, uh, because they leaked and, uh, whoever did that, thank you for your service because I really appreciated it. Cause then it was interesting because in certain areas you could see where like, they had like a little like cardboard sign, like not like cardboard in that way, but something that like, if you'd see like almost like a, Hey, garage sale type of thing where it's like planked into the floor, into the, into the grass, Something like that, where it was like, okay, full marathon, um, Timon is going to be at this area, or 10K, Timon, like, mile, like, 4.75, where that's where people collected those, but I did a couple different character stops, and I had never done one on the course, so this was exciting and new, because, again, it's kind of getting over that mindset of, like, you can't stop. I had stopped for photo ops in different run Disney races, but... Again, that was something that was kind of new to me. Usually it was the bathroom where I would do a drive-by, where I would kind of like wait by where the character was, take a picture of them, and then be on my merry way. But I actually did a full-blown character stop. I waited like 25 minutes for Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, that's um, a good one. That's a good one. It was a great one. I was very happy to, you know. And then the next day during the 10K, I waited for Jessie. She was out on the boardwalk, uh, which that's where Project 10K course goes through. And even though she went on break uh, for five minutes, uh, I waited 10 minutes total to see her. So I was excited. <laughs> and it kind of was something that kind of settled the nerves a little bit because it was like, oh, this is a timed race. And knowing the balloon ladies are out. And I don't think we've talked about I know I referenced them a couple of times, but I haven't talked about them. Balloon ladies are the representation, the physical representation of the 16 minute mile required pace on a Disney course. They're very nice people, so I've heard. I have not met them myself. I've only just seen them from afar, but they're supposed to be very, very, very nice, encouraging people. They are not the sweepers. They are just, again, that manifestation of that. They are, you know, they carry, like, uh, you know, balloons, and they're the manifestation of that pace. So behind them, if you get behind them, you are kind of liable to get swept. Um, that's when people on bikes come. That's when um and they won't like pluck you they will not like come up to you and grab you there it's not like it's not like i don't know like you're not getting assassinated <laughs> but at a certain point when the balloons pass um there are sweet points on the highway portions where basically after the balloons pass they will cut off the course so if you're behind them you cannot pass the bus you are getting on the bus and i shouldn't like you know like I, I, I want to say that based on some reports from people, I've actually watched a couple different YouTube videos or just heard firsthand accounts of people who they signed up for the race, they got injured or they had a baby or, you know, just something happened where they're like, you know, I can't do a lot about this, so I'm going to make it as far as I can. And then I'm going to put myself on the party bus. <laughs> so, um, so they're very kind there. They have water, they have, you know, they have things like they want to make sure you're okay, that you're not like being, you know, if you need medical attention, that they like kind of get that to you. So it's not like, you know, it's a little bit of a somber attitude sometimes because, you know, it's disappointing if like you do get swept or even if like you get, you knew you weren't going to finish and you're injured and, you know, you just, you couldn't keep that, you know, it's okay. They, and Disney doesn't like single you out in a way because you still get your medal for the race. 
So say you get swept during the 10K. You're still going to get your 10K medal. You wouldn't get your challenge medal at the end of all of this, but you still do get your 10K medal. Um, and then the way I've heard that Disney kind of like, they make it so you don't cross the finish line, obviously, if you get pulled in by the sweep buses. But the way I think you re-enter is kind of, I don't want to say sneaky, but in a way that like no one is going to know that you just got off the sweep bus. It's discreet is the word. Oh. Um, I haven't experienced it myself. Um, but that's what I've said people really appreciate about that is that no one's any the wiser. You know, that you still get your little snack box, you get your Powerade, you get your banana. Um, but you, you know, it's discreet the way that you re-enter. So it's not like, oh, here comes a bunch of people off the pace bus or off like the sweep bus. You know, I, I would never know. I'd never know. You would never know. And like, you know, um, everybody's kind of out there for different reasons, have different things going on. So definitely Disney, I've heard, uh, it's just one it's, you know, and I, I haven't experienced this part of it, but it's just a good organization and just like making a lot of people feel, you know, welcome. And even if that does happen, they don't like, it's not a shameful ride. You know, they're making sure you're okay. You have like, kind of like, you know, I guess when you get off the that bus, like, it's like, oh, do you need to go go to medical? Like, do you need anything? And people will be like, no, I like, I got to use some ice, but like, I knew I wasn't going to finish this race or whatnot. So overall, I think that Disney's a pretty inclusive racing organization where they celebrate every runner who goes out there and starts and every runner who finishes, um, you know, they're not taking down water tents before, like when all the people who run uh, like a 10 minute mile pass. Um, they keep, you know, if supplies run out, then supplies run out, which I did encounter during the marathon. Uh, the last banana was handed out right before me. Oh. Uh, I watched the last banana go because people took two earlier, which it was fine because there was another banana stop like soon after. So that was the best banana I've ever eaten. I think it's a really overall very inclusive like organization where sometimes like water tents like our water stations coming down before everybody had finished is a problem where, you know, slower people need water too so uh back to character meet and greets where this started uh I didn't for the half marathon I didn't stop for any characters I again was kind of squicked out a little bit about uh with nerves so I chose not to stop for anything even by the time I realized that I was fine pace wise and I knew I had a good 20 minutes on the balloons I just chose not to I just needed to kind of finish for me and uh, I should say, how do you know if you if you've never seen them on a course? How do you know there are the balloon ladies are people. Um, I don't like to share their names because I know that like I don't know like because they have this negative stigma attached to them, even though they're nice people. Um, but there is a Twitter account called the Balloon Lady Tracker where. Yeah. Um, I didn't know this. <laughs> oh really? Okay, so there's the Balloon Lady Tracker and they kind of figure out who like those people are. Some of them are like, re, you know, repeat, not repeat offenders, but they frequently do this. So if they're racing, um, people kind of know their names. Uh, I'm going to do a do uh, like a guy name, uh, like Jeff. So say Jeff, uh, d usually pay, it does like the 10 K, uh, people will like try the name and then, but basically, um, you sign up to track them the same way you would sign up to track yourself, but this Twitter does it where it'll say, oh, Jeff, again, because I know this is not a balloon lady name, Jeff started at 6.02 a.m. So if you do the math for a half marathon at a 16-minute mile pace, if they start 
let's say we started at 6 a.m. You know, whatever, 6.02 is fine. You have three hours and 30 minutes from the time the balloon ladies start to finish. So if Jeff starts at 6.02 and you have three hours and 30 minutes, that means everybody needs to be across the course finish line at 9.32 a.m. for a half marathon. So if you're tracking yourself, which I do, and you see that you have an ETA of, or estimated time to finish um, of 9.02 a.m., you know that you have a 30-minute lead on the balloons. So you just got to know really when they start because for a 10K, it's an hour and 40 minutes about. That's how the math works out. And so if you know they start at 6.20, you have until 8 o'clock in the morning uh, to be off the course. Sometimes you can finish like a little bit behind them, but don't count on being able to be to completely finish like five minutes after them. Uh, they will sweep you. They will sweep you in Epcot. So um, you just got to make sure you're making forward progress, making that effort to stay with them. Don't get in a character line and think you're not getting swept because that happened during the marathon, during the 10K, where people stayed in the dark wing duck line and they were warned repeatedly. The course, the people on the uh, course were like, the balloons are one minute away. If you are still in this line, you are getting swept. People didn't believe them, uh, they or they just took their chances, and then they got swapped. So yeah, if they so, do something like that, trust them. So, so the problem with, I guess, the problem with the meet and greet sometimes is is the lines can get too long, and if you can't recover that time, then you're you, you're in trouble. Yes, and it's also like about knowing like what you can do, like not like oh my gosh I'm sprinting, but like I knew with my race strategy being for these races to walk the first three that if push came to shove, there was a balloon right behind me and I needed to put some space in between myself and them. I know I can run faster than that. Right. I knew, knew that I could channel that. I could run like an 11, 12 minute mile, put some space between myself and the balloon and be fine. I'm not in a situation where I kind of either like kind of struggle to keep that 16 minute mile or, you know, I'm in a space where like, it's like 15 at best, but and then I stop for the bathroom. So you kind of got to be honest with yourself during training about what you can do and like not just your most ideal conditions. Because knowing also that you're never running a perfect, you're, I would be shocked if people actually ran a perfect tangent on a course. I certainly never have. Every half I've done at Disney has been 14 miles because I'm, you know, you weave around people. You're not running the shortest distance between A and B. Um, so that's something also to keep in mind, which is why Disney recommends you're able, even though the limit is 16 minute miles that you're able to keep 15s. If you rec, if you are running just to give yourself that wiggle room, right. Where no race ever, are you running a perfect tangent, but yeah, character meet and greets can take some time. Um, one thing I noticed during the marathon is that a lot of lines were really short because I think everyone was spooked. And there's a lot of there's a lot of space to have characters, right? You got 26.2 miles. I can't tell you how many characters were out there. I probably could count them, but I don't have the I don't have my leaked lists in front of me right now. But I did three character stops. Um, also a castle a castle photo, also the bathroom, also a also a ride, you know, during yeah. the marathon. And uh, I actually did the very first uh, character stop on the course, which was 0.1 miles in for Cruella because she had such a short line. I was like, oh, I have to do this. Then I got my one character stop in, but then I did a couple more. Just as they had short lines and I did Mushu, I did a Boo, um, just some different little fun things 
because then, you know, if you study the course, you kind of know like certain things about it. Like, you know, that there's a castle, there's a picture in front of the castle at Magic Kingdom. And if your course goes through the Magic Kingdom, um, I knew that I was going to want that picture. So I know that it's a quick sh shot because I, I read up enough about it, but kind of spread that information. Um, the way that that works is that there are usually five photo pass photographers in front of the castle. But the way that they are, they're staggered, so you can't usually tell that there's five photographers. When you won't see other people in your pictures, it looks like you're alone. Um, hmm. Completely alone in front of the castle. That's cool. So I always know I want to stop for that. So the lines go really quickly, even if the line is long. Like, I think I've only ever waited, like, five-ish minutes for that picture. Usually it's, like, closer to two, uh, two or three. So there's... um. Yeah, it's 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 nice. And then when you're in the parks, there are photo pass, like kind of the running action shots, too. But um, there are certain things that like I know that I want, like for the Tower of Terror 10 miler last year, I knew that I wanted a picture in front of the Tower of Terror and I was willing to wait like as long as it takes, you know, within reason for that. So when I waited 20 minutes for it, it was just a nice like break. <laughs> I knew I wanted that. So you can kind of like make that plan if you look at the map and kind of certain things. And sometimes there isn't an official stop, but even if you just want to stop and uh, pull over to the side and take a selfie in front of an area, it's kind of something. Yeah. So I think, I think we've discussed everything on the race, but now you've got to finish the race. So finish line, I'm assuming it's Epcot parking lot because of that's where you started <laughs> and you got to take a bus to go back to your hotel room, but, uh, and you got to get all your stuff. But so like, what do they got going on? It's, do they have like somebody putting your metal on your, around your neck? Uh, do they have Mickey mouse, you know, placing a, a pin on your, on your chest or something? Yes. So they, um, uh, every finish line, um, you know, their announcers. So there are actually something I didn't talk about with the start line are the announcers. They have a announcing team. That's really great. They're really entertaining and funny and um, kind of do these little interviews and like, they like kind of see people in the crowd with costumes at the start line also at the finish line. So your announcing team is at the finish line with you and um, kind of as people are coming in, if they can read their bibs or they'll say like, they'll kind of call like they have one of them that's like right next to the course so they will kind of call people out. So when I was Steamboat Willie, I got a shout out from the announcing team of like, here comes Steamboat Willie. Uh, Cause I was very obvious, kind of, it was a pretty obvious costume. I carried a wheel uh, with me that I had painted. And then when I was Sorcerer Mickey, uh, I did like a nice bow, somehow did not lose my hat. Uh, when I did that to the one announcer, we like locked eyes. He's like, Sorcerer Mickey is doing a magical finish and that was really really fun and it, I was grinning ear to ear when I finished but um you cross the finish line you get you know you kind of encourage you to keep moving there are photographer there's a bunch of photographers so even if like you're kind of blocked a little usually they can get like somewhat of an aerial shot of you but you they encourage you to really kind of keep moving they kind of they start passing out your medals um they give you a water bottle they give you a Gatorade if you want to grab it. They give you a snack box, which is loved among the Disney community. And um, then you kind of make your way. If there it was cold, they'll give you a Myler blanket. If it's hot, they'll give you a cooling towel. Now the marathon finish is a little different. The marathon finish is uh, because you get a little, little something extra. Um, if you finish the marathon, you get a set of Mickey ears that are finisher ears. 
mine I'm looking at on my desk right now. <laughs> so I think it goes metal and then ears. My, yeah, I'm pretty sure it goes metal, then ears. And then with the marathon being the longest distance, um, there's a separate area to pick up your challenge medal. So it's after you grab your, you know, banana and stuff uh, and such. Uh, there's an area where they point you to go get your challenge medal. So I was able to go pick up my goofy medal and then my dopey medal was actually placed around my neck. Oh. I'm crying. Because uh, <laughs> in most cases, because I've done a lot of these post-COVID, it's like been like, oh, like, I'm going to not get that close to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> not in like that way of like, oh, like, rah. but like, you know, just in a way of like, you also don't want to kind of, you know, block up behind you because there's tons of volunteers with medals so it's not everybody going to one volunteer there's a bunch of different volunteers in a line with medals so uh you're able to kind of like i don't want to like kind of clump up the line that much uh but kind of since there aren't that many people who do dopey uh well there's a lot of dopey people who do dopey but uh there aren't you know all, all that many people who do those challenges that uh it's kind of nice because it's like a separate little area for them to distribute that and then if you're a perfect, which I haven't talked about yet, uh, because I am not, you there's a separate area. So a perfect is somebody who has done the iteration of the race every single time since it began. So there are, I think, 50 perfect marathoners left who have done every marathon since the first iteration at Walt Disney World. Wow. Yeah. So 30 of them. Yeah. So they got to come every year for 30 years. Wow. That's... <laughs> I think... After a certain time that the uh, mayor, I think that you're, as long as you're like, I think that they give you the registration for perfects, they, uh, and this isn't the only race that they have perfects at. So for wine and dine, I think the two course challenge just hit perfect status. So a couple years ago. So I think that that started in 2015 or 2016. So now there are perfects. So you get a separate link to register early. Cause they don't want to like have you like it shut out. And that's the reason you're not perfect anymore. I mean, if you choose not to use it, then that's on you, but you know, you get an early registration link. Uh, if you're a perfect, uh, for princess princess is also celebrating an anniversary this year. So it's the, uh, 15 year anniversary of the half marathon, I believe. Um, this year was the 10 year of dopey. So dopey's got, you know, so you get a special ribbon that goes along with your medal to denote that you're perfect. And then your bib is also a different color. The marathon ones looked really cool. They were like, they weren't even like, usually they're like inverse colors, but they were like kind of different ones. They were really cool. I, obviously there aren't that many of them. So I've only seen pictures, but, and then your bib says perfect on it. So if you're, if you are a perfect runner, that's amazing. Especially like I ran into a perfect dopey and a perfect goofy because goofy started before dopey. Goofy, I think we'll celebrate 20 years in the next couple years. So Goofy started for Dopey. Dopey, this was 10 years of Dopey this year. So I ran into somebody who was both. And like they give you an extra gift also with registration uh, or not registration, but when you pick up your bibs, like there's an extra gift, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, the guy I ran into, he was at the expo. He was also waiting for his merch. So people are really friendly, like want to talk or like, talk to him about that. I just think it's amazing that they're able to keep track of these people that have done all of these consecutive races. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I mean, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to keep track of that, but sometimes, like, how many times do you have to, like, re-sign into your My Disney Experience account when you're there because the Wi-Fi doesn't work and it doesn't save anything and it loses your reservations? Like, like all of these, like, technolo technology problems that come up when you're 
when you're trying to do a dizzy trip and yet they have these and yet they um they have these people that they can keep track of that's very I, i'm 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 very impressed that and, and i'm glad that they do that because that's um that's a big accomplishment for sure oh yeah for sure and that's yeah it's it's super duper interesting because then also i think that there is like probably different ways to export the data also with like just like track shack being the people who like that's the timers people i think there's different ways to like kind of keep and export that data because i was going to say oh well like the old registrations sit in your account but they always they haven't always been through the current iteration of your run disney account so um i think active.com used to do it back in the day like 10 or so years ago they used to manage that so it's not even like you know how many times like a system switch or something but yeah it's it's incredible um and I think the swag that they, the little extra swag that they get is amazing. I mean, yeah, if you run 30 marathons in 30 years, absolutely, please. <laughs> I ran into a couple perfect dopies who were taking pictures in the Magic Kingdom the day after the marathon. Uh, I was just like gawking at their medals. Uh, this one girl who was, she put all, she brought all of the dopies with her, not all of the medals, but all of the dope, all of the dopey medals with her um, from all the years. And I was just gawking at them because they were incredible. Uh, because they gotten a lot bigger over the years, which is, I you know how it should be, but uh, it's kind of funny, like, looking at, because then she put them in order on her arms. It's like, dang, girl, you're going to need to do bicep curls just to carry all this stuff. Uh, but, yeah, she was a perfect dopey. And I was just, I was like, I like her, her mom was near her. I was like, that's amazing. She's like, isn't it so great? I'm like, I love all, I, and it's cool to see how the, how the evolution of the metal has been as well over the years, just both in size and just the, what the different designs are and whatnot. I aspire to have multiple dopies someday. Do they uh, and 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 you sort of touched on this thing like, and after after the fact in the parks, people are wearing their medals as they're as they're walking around. Yes, um, which is really cool because it's like that just kind of like knowing of like you know when somebody else wears their medal around, like kind of like that like oh like we all like went through this today <laughs> or yesterday or a couple of days ago, and it's not limited only to the day of the race or the day after. Heck, I've worn my medals for, like, up until, like, Wednesday of the race, like, after. Because it's just fun, you know? Sway, you wear that swag. You wear that swag as long as you want to. I'm not going to, you know, like, I think it's great. It's to celebrate your accomplishment. I also, like, you know, like, I made this decision this time to each day of the race, I wore that race's medal. Um, So I wore the 5K medal on 5K day, and then I switched to the 10, instead of, like, layering them, um, I switched the 10k medal for 10k day, then the half medal for half day. And then after that, it was just dopey. Uh, but I think it's awesome. Like I love seeing, you know, like, I don't want anyone to ever think that like people who ran the marathon are like, oh, you just ran the 5k because the 5k is still great. That's such an accomplishment for, that's such an accomplishment, uh, this coming from a marathoner, but no, it's like, that is somebody's like dopey out there i'm in a facebook group called dare to dopey and your dopey doesn't have to be running 48.6 miles your dopey can be just showing up to the start line and that's incredible and i think everybody should celebrate everything that they get done and during these weekends it's a great accomplishment and i guess how i want to like sort of end this conversation is what is your like ideal way to celebrate after your your dopey runs yeah so i uh shower first please dear (laughs) god go back to your hotel and shower no one wants to smell you stinky. Thank you. Um, but I go back and shower. Sometimes I sit in the bathtub and think about life a little bit. Sometimes I go swimming. Either way, like I am, you know, spick and span before I get back. But I think that 
Um, the way that I celebrated Dopey was because all my costumes were different Mickeys and Fantasmic. We, um, my cousin and I, because she came down to cheer me on, we got a Fantasmic dining reservation uh, and we saw Fantasmic that night. And it was my first time seeing it since the pandemic because it just reopened in November of, of 2022. And I like, I had the opportunity to see a couple of days early. I'm like, no, 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 not doing it. I'm not doing it. So I made myself, I didn't watch a single spoiler. I didn't watch anything. So I just kind of let myself have my, you know, primo seating. Cause then we got there early. Um, but I actually had, like, we did a couple things in, in Hollywood studios before, you know, with the remainder of that day, like, you know, the marathon takes a while. And especially if you're part of party pack toward the back of the pack and you kind of take your time out there, uh, you don't finish until a certain time. Um, so I had really just a partial day at, at the studios, but, you know, besides eating, we were able to get rock and roller coaster done, tower of terror done as well. So that was kind of actually not as many things as I thought, but we also had a sit down dining during that time too. And we were just kind of like moving slow because somebody who ran a marathon that day needed to move slow. But overall, like, I think that was the perfect way to celebrate the cap on this race. So I think that watching some sort of like night show, if you can make it to the parks, um, I'm an annual pass holder though. So I know that it's not worth it for everybody to necessarily try to make it to the parks the day of a race. So if it's not going to be a full day, I know it's not necessarily worth it to everybody. It's worth it to me, but that's because I have an AP. I would not probably use a day ticket if I'm not going to, you know, for the 5k, it's one thing where you can probably make it for rope drop. If you are speedy for the marathon again, where, you know, you might not be done till like 11, 12, one yeah you're losing two uh, well losing three four hours of park time right right um because then also like something i didn't really touch on is like what my disney trip looked like during this um i tried to take it pretty easy you know as easy as you can if you run a half marathon the day before a marathon uh but I tried to pretty much take it easy and kind of do like low impact things the days before um i didn't even go to a park the day before the marathon I just did the, I did the half. I went to back to the expo to get taped and then I went to dinner and then that was my day, which I was glad that it kind of worked out that way. Um, but anyway, I think that kind of celebrating, I think, you know, a nice kind of like dip in the pool, uh, dip, you know, kind of nice meal. Um, and then kind of, you know, making sure that la- that next day, the day after when you've had some time to rest, kind of freshen up is really, really kind of a special time. And it's kind of so cool to see everybody with their medals around the parks and, you know, everybody like getting the, like the castle shot in front of them in Magic Kingdom. And I had an amazing photo pass photographer who was able to, uh, she like stacked up all my medals. So I have all six of them in my hand. So don't know how, like she perfectly laid them out across my arms, made sure I got, she got a cast compliment because now I forgot her name, but I did give, give her one because she was amazing. And she took all the time and care to like make sure everything looked good. But it's so cool to see like other people who just did the same thing you did. And again, even if they did, even if their dopey was the 10K and their, their weekend, you know, they just, they did their first half marathon. It's awesome. And I think it's worth celebrating everybody, but it's so cool to just know that like a lot of us all just went through this together in a way. and like just seeing everybody even they're just in their dopey shirts and like on the plane ride home and stuff. It's really, really special. And uh, it's not something I'll soon forget. Like I said earlier, it's like something I can't even fathom doing all of that 
all that distance in. And, and I, it's funny, like, you know, Disney trips, like you normally, I mean, it's walking, it's different than running, but you, know, you could be doing 10 miles a day in the parks if you're doing that. So it's not like, like when you think about it that way, it's not, it doesn't seem like that much, but you have to get it done within, you know, four hours for a half and, and less than that for the other races and, and the marathon, you know, I guess within six, I would think seven. Yeah. yeah, seven. Okay. You can't, you know, lollygag for 10 hours to, to finish it. So, which, which makes sense. I mean, you can't be out there forever. When is your next race? I am doing Princess uh, Half Marathon Weekend. I'm doing all three races. So, that is coming up in just a couple of weeks. I think it's four weeks to the 5K at this point, at the point of recording. So, it's after it's the weekend after presence day I'm pretty yes. sure yes it is so i'm very excited for that princess is my mainstay weekend i'd say it's the first one i did so it'll always hold a special place in my heart i'll be doing springtime surprise this year so that's the week after easter this year and then it's april yes yeah and then uh i'm looking to do wine and dine this year which will be in november and uh, the big question is, are you going to do Dopey again? I'm supposed to ask that question. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> <off-ass> question. <laughs> do you want to re-record that? Sweetie? I'm supposed to ask you that question. You're not supposed to ask. It's like, you, it's like you're asking me that question. And I was like, huh? <laughs> are you doing Dopey? <laughs> Natalie, are you doing Dopey next year? <laughs> the short answer is... I want to. The deterrent for me is kind of just other stuff going on. And like, I was really excited to have this year be the year of the half when I didn't get into Chicago. I don't know. I felt really good after Dopey. I felt a surprisingly good because I had kind of referenced this earlier, but I decided to treat the marathon like a long run. So I treated it at long run pace, which was slower than I could have gone with race pace to be conservative with it. So I came out of that feeling really good. And like, yes, I was tired. Everyone's tired if you run 26 miles. Maybe some people aren't, but could not be me. I felt really good. I feel like I could do it again. And there's some deterrence of like, you know, the weather is really bad here right now of like, you know, with winter being that big training block and like last big training push. Do you want to do that? That's tough. So that's probably my biggest deterrent is that. And then there's also cost associated with it with another trip. Um, I'm getting married in 2024. So, you know, I got to Yay. Very exciting. Got to kind of think of like logistically, like pick my battles essentially uh, with that. Um, knowing that. You could that, do you know, a pre, you could do a, has, has anybody done a honeymoon before they get married? You could do like a honeymoon race. Race, race moon. I, Dopey I'll, I'll moon. start working the fiance into that. We'll see how that works. Um, I think I could maybe convince him for wine and dine before I could convince him for, uh, you know, dopey. But, you know, I would love to do dope. But then also, here's my thing is that with this being Disney 100 and it's starting in like late January, is early January of next year going to look like all like the platinum anniversary stuff? Because if those medals are really pretty, and the themes the themes get revealed about like a weekish before signups. If those medals are really pretty, <laughs> they don't reveal the medals, but they do kind of the overall theme. 
that can give you an indication of what the metal will look like. If that's all really pretty, I think I might be doing dopey. Because it's funny because, like, as I finished the marathon, I remember I had told Adam, I was like, yeah, and I, you know, we have a group chat with him, uh, my cousin, myself, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I'd do this again until 2026, and as the weeks have passed since Dopey, I've, like, that, that number has gotten closer and closer, because I was like, oh, like, 2024, I'm getting married in 2025, that would be starting a training block, like, a couple months after my wedding, so do I want to do that? And now my little tune has changed. And I'm like, oh, I could maybe do it again next year. Yeah, that'd be great. And then I could maybe do 2025 as well because, you know, like we wouldn't do our honeymoon until 2025 anyway, like late 20 or like later in 2025. So like, you know, just trying to, you know, rationalize it because it was awesome. And I, I loved it. And I expect, I expected to kind of come out and like a lot of people talk about how like they don't run between Dopey and McPrincess weekend. (laughs) they were like they run like maybe once or twice i have i have been running like i've been really running yeah i can see it on your socials you're you're still doing it which is great but now do i really want to do 12 and a half tomorrow no uh (laughs) this weekend no and i'm like oh but i did just run a marathon so like if i don't do 12 and a half i don't have to uh but i have been kind of keeping up and running because i feel pretty good and i think that i can attribute kind of the intervalish running to that um, and kind of just the way I decided to take the race slow. And I really didn't even do my normal intervals because I was like, you know, you can't get competitive with yourself or you're going to burn out. So you need to like, kind of just take this slow. So the short answer is perhaps not next year, but I definitely left marathon weekend knowing I want to do it again. Absolutely. If you can't do it next year, you know, nobody's going to hold it over your head other than you, which sometimes that's like, that's the worst part. Is that you? You know, you know you can do it, and and unfortunately you have other factors where that that aren't going to that are that are going to you know pull your time away from training and then doing it, and and you know that you know you have some other you know big important things you have to deal with that you're going to take away from this. So, but the good thing is, I mean, at least in, in the back of your mind, you know, like when you can't, when you do decide you can do it again. You know you can do it. Some right. you've done before, so it's not like it's on an unknown thing. You hopefully I don't I don't know if you get nervous or not, but hopefully like you wouldn't get nervous, you know, thinking I don't know if I can do this, like because you've already done it before. So now it's just a matter of just timing of it. Which I guess the good thing about it is it's the same weekend every year, so you can kind of you know plan around that. It's not like it just pops up out of nowhere. So. That is true, but it's funny about being nervous because I mentioned this earlier, but I definitely, and this isn't even a hindsight being 2020 thing, but I was the most nervous for the half marathon because this was my second half marathon as part of Dopey, my first being this year at Princess. So it's kind of funny because I knew I could do a half marathon. It was the nerves were because I was worried about saving my legs for the marathon and like, oh, like this still being like not a super comfortable distance, right? You've run a half marathon plus for a lot of these training runs, but like this still isn't like a super comfortable distance for me of like, oh yeah, it's just a half. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, So it was funny because like it was almost the knowing I could, but like there was still a lot of nerves and it made me emotional to finish that race too. Uh, blubbering baby like the marathon? No. But uh, <laughs> I did like, get a little teary when I did finish that that race. So it's kind of funny because it's like, oh, like, you know, you can do it. But like in my head, I'm like, 
but do I? I do, but it's <laughs> kind of funny because sometimes that little head game, because I think there's in my head, there's like, oh, things I can do better, right? Where not just better, but like different things with training that can go differently, different things, yeah. whatever that can go differently. And I like, you know, more fun that I can have, right? I, I was out on the 5k course for an hour and a half. Literally my time, my chip time is 91 minutes. I can go slower than that. I can do another character stop. So I will. So it's like, Good. you know, like different things that like, you know, you want to, people say like kind of get your money's worth out of a Disney course of like staying out there and doing fun oh, things. Oh yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, it's an opportunity that not everybody, that, that's very rare, you know, like, like, it, like we have our like rare things like a VIP tour, uh, Club 33, you know, uh, an Adventures by Disney that where you hit all every all the six resorts, six, right? Three, yes, yes, there's six resorts around the world, and and not to totally compare that too, but but you know the fact that you're you know I mean not every uh, I know Disneyland's coming back with their races they were kind of suspended for a while, I think Disneyland Paris had races but I don't think they've come back either, but I mean it's just like it's it's a it's something that not everybody can do thinks about doing and um and you know you reach the mountaintop so i guess at this point if you want to you just try to work better with your times i guess and or on the or you do the opposite and you figure out the craziest costume you can do yeah and uh you meet every character yeah because a lot of people will do like they kind of like they work really hard. They bust their butts at home and they like get like a proof of time. And then so that they can spend like four and a half hours on a Disney course. <laughs> so they like, they'll run it. They, they like get there like two fifteen. That's the half cutoff uh, for a proof of time. They get that, that time so that they can just play, they get a really good corral placement and then they can stop at every single character stop and they have basically no line. And then they can just, zip on up to the next one that's like my ideal situation uh that's i'd love to get there someday who knows if i ever did because then it would be really cool to be like oh i got a proof of time i'm not trying to hold that myself to that because i think the inner inner competitor that i have with myself would be like i don't want to ever have this be not fun for me where like i'm like oh my god i can't believe i ran a 231 okay that's awesome like that's better than my other my pr my current like half marathon pr like i never wanted to be like wow, I'm just so disappointed because this is ultimately fun for me. And this is not like, you know, it's like, it's a hobby. <laughs> I finally yeah. have a hobby to talk about, right? You know, I don't ever want to get like that overly competitive, but I do want to see what I can do. You know, Elsa said it best. I time to see what I can do. Oh. And then break through. You know, let it go, baby. Let it go. <laughs> you had that, you had, you had that in your head. Um, I've had a lot of miles to think with myself. <laughs> Because I train by myself. So I've had a lot of miles to think through a lot of this stuff. Well, Natalie, thank you for coming on and sharing uh, the Dopey experience, the Run Disney experience. It's not something that we've really gotten into on this show. And it was good to have somebody that's actually done it and that then talk about it. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. I had a great time. Clearly, uh, <laughs> clearly can chat a lot about it. I wanted to ask you, uh, I have a couple like quick hitter questions just so that we can get to know you a little bit better. Favorite ride? Ooh, I am gonna give that to I'm not Guardians gonna let you, right now. I'm not, I'm not gonna let you like 
Galloway pace these questions here. So <laughs> no break. Guardians causing rewind. All right. What about your favorite ride before Guardians opened? Giving you my split, like one of the things I can't leave Walt Disney World without doing is Buzz Lightyear. Oh yes, yeah. Natalie is a galactic hero, right? Yes. Is that it? That's the highest one, right? Yeah. I have competed against her in Buzz Lightyear. She is very good. She maxes out the points by like the second room. <laughs> I've switched with her. Remember, I made you use your left hand for the gun, and that did not work. <laughs> I've taken control of the of the spinning of the uh, the vehicle, and that didn't work. You still got it. Um, gosh, that that ride is so hard for me. But you know all the good spots. Favorite restaurant. Ooh. Dang, that's tough. I'm going to do something I haven't stopped thinking. Steakhouse 71 I went to for brunch over Marathon Weekend. I don't know if that's necessarily my favorite, but it's something that's been on my mind. Mm, I have yet to eat there. I went to the uh, what it was before, which was the Wave. But oh, I haven't been there since the they, they changed it. Favorite, a snack? Probably, let's go Dole Whip. Dole Whip. Float or regular? Regular. Okay favorite character actually let's do two let's do favorite like uh face character and favorite furry character if that's the right word or not uh non-face character Ooh, i'll give you my favorite like fur one uh chip and i made uh we were buddies over this marathon weekend uh oh usually it's mickey i'm gonna leave it with chip though and then i don't know i always enjoy seeing moana around the parks uh, she's not really often, but she's a hard yeah. one to find. Uh, favorite movie, Disney movie. It's currently say Moana. And go a favorite uh, hotel, whether or not you've whether or not you've stayed there or not, it doesn't matter. Ooh, that's a good. Let's go with the yacht club. I have stayed there. It's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael Eisner's favorite, I believe. Favorite hotel. No, those are all good. I wanted to give a shout out to listeners Allison Ashcraft, Norma, and Brian Young, who completed the half marathon, and John Ashcraft, who did the full marathon. Uh, And I know Nate Bishop is, he told me he was doing a springtime surprise. He's doing the challenge. You're doing a challenge for springtime? Yes. Okay, so you'll see him maybe out there on the course i don't know if he's doing a costume or not okay uh thanks natalie for coming on for uh, sharing your dopey marathon weekend experience i just want to remind everyone that our podcast is sponsored by mainstream or travel an authorized disney vacation planner who can help you book the marathon weekend of your dreams check out their website mainstreamworldtravel.com request a quote and let chris and her team plan your family's next vacation you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram Just search for the Mouse and More podcast. And on behalf of my guest, Natalie Boyle, this is Adam. And we are the Mouse and More podcast. Natalie, I just realized I didn't let you plug any social medias that people could, if they want to follow you. So if you want to do that, go right ahead. Sure. I'm on the Twitter at think it's underscore Boyle. I'm on Instagram at underscore n dot Boyle. I post about my running and stuff uh, over there. Otherwise, Twitter, I just kind of tweet about Disney stuff every so often. Really, I'm there to go or go get up to people I like to hang out with. But I had a great time speaking today. 
boy. You don't. You know where you aren't lurking? It was on the race course. Uh, you're right ahead of everybody. So. Uh. <laughs> Thanks, Natalie, and have a good night, everybody. Have a good night.